0: Welcome to the GCW Plants Podcast, Episode 54. John, how are you doing on this Tuesday
1: evening? <laughs> well, on this Tuesday evening, <laughs> let me tell you, I'm honestly not feeling as tired as you are, and I don't have the amount of stories that you have coming out of this uh, this collective weekend. So, I'm doing great. I'm more interested in what you're, you know, how you're feeling and what you had to do over this past weekend.
0: I had a lot of wrestling
1: to watch, uh,
0: yes. <laughs> collective weekend, 10 shows. And it was incredible. Like, uh, the, the venue, the whole, like we always talk about kind of like the LA crowd and the crowd control. It was top notch. That was the best UCC experience I've ever had at any of these GCW shows there. They had a lot more staff on hand, which was good. And I think that's what kind of helped it run smoothly, but all the shows was hot. great action The crowd was pretty packed almost every single show, even the midnight shows, and they were allowed at every single one of them too. I don't have a bad thing to say about this whole experience. It was just a very fun and great experience just hearing other wrestling fans too enjoy it as much as I did, and I didn't hear a single bad thing that was said the entire time about the collective or matches or talent, how the venue was going. Not a single complaint from anything, so uh, I did have a... As you said, busy but very fun and entertaining weekend.
1: So, I'm going to have some fun with you here. Do you, are you starting to notice that a lot of the people in the front rows are becoming familiar now? You can start to see. Well, that's a podcaster. That's a podcaster. I see this person on Twitter. Yep.
0: Oh yeah. I like. I saw a lot of faces. Like even today, I saw one. Like I knew. I because he sat like directly across from me the entire time. And uh, with this whole new Twitter for you stuff, he I don't follow this person, but one of his posts came up on the thing. I was like, wait, that's the guy that sat directly across from me, the entire collective. And that explains why he was talking on his phone all the time, like kind of giving commentary on his match and stuff. And he is a uh, a podcaster as well for wrestling and stuff like that. And I that was—I never knew that. But I see him at all these shows in L.A. all the times, too. So it was kind of nice to learn some new information about him today because I saw him, as you said, the entire time they're in the collective. And all the normal people that we usually see uh, in LA, they were all there, front row, as you said. And uh, even not front row, sometimes, like, it was kind of interesting seeing some people I know always were in front row every single regular, normal GCW show. And during this night, they're out in the, the standing general admission area and still having the time of their lives, just like how they would in the front row. So, um, yeah, that was fun seeing all this. A lot of familiar faces, and actually got to talk to quite a few that I never really talked to before. So that was a fun thing as well. Who?
1: Tell me, tell me more, man. Who'd you get a chance to talk to?
0: Oh, man, I.
1: It um, really was that deep, kind of thing.
0: Not deep. It was just a lot of names. <laughs> like, I kind of like gotcha, gotcha. I stick more kind of like off their Twitter names because that's what I see them mostly, and then their actual name when they introduce. Oh, I thought you were talking
1: wrestler, wrestler. Okay.
0: Oh no, I did talk to. Yeah, I did talk to. uh alec price i talked to jordan i talked to cole a little bit not uh not a lot i talked to um uh actually the first one of the first people here kid bandit i got to talk to him talk to effie talk to some of the tried got to say hi to a lot of the ddt talent um the one one day my well, actually two names now. i didn't get out of, go out of my way to get to see teriyaki Every time uh, I did see him in the venue, he was always with somebody or already in a conversation. So I didn't want to intrude and be uh, nosy and stuff like that with him. And uh, one was Eddie Kingston because he was right. he was very friendly to everyone. Like he didn't have a merch booth or nothing. He was just there, like after the show, in front of the the food area and the bar, and he was talking and spending all the all the time talking with the fans. And like he went out of his way. That's something I. Just because of his kind of gimmick and character, I didn't think he would be kind of that open with the fans, especially in person Mm -hmm. and in between shows and everything. But he was kind of the one that I found most surprising to give his time and energy and talk to all the fans and make sure that they left with a positive experience. So that was a fun uh, name that I disappointed I didn't get to talk to, but I saw other people and how well they talked about the conversations they had with Eddie. You saw
1: another AEW guy. I think has been oh. around there one night,
0: right? Yes, uh, like around one or two o'clock in the evening was Mr. Orange Cassidy hanging out with uh, uh, Effie at one of the shows. And yeah, he's just chilling in the back and talking with other GCW wrestlers and just kind of shooting the shit. And man, I got to actually now just, just in general to see wrestlers. Wednesday night, I got a surprise show and got to see uh, Grayson Waller and Tyler, uh, Tyler Bate from... NXT, and then (laughs) during like the the even like the late night shows, Joey Janela Spring Break. There was a lot of wrestlers. Aussie Open was there. um, Cheeseburger was there. Uh, Man, yeah, there was a lot, a lot of names there. But it was so cool seeing all these different. Talents from all these different promotions coming out of their way to see a GCW show on a, at midnight and having they're like they're cheering too. They weren't just like sitting there bullshit. Like they were fully watching it and like doing the cheers and stuff too. So that was very cool seeing like all these the whole like thing, the whole wrestling community kind of come together and just enjoy the weekend, enjoy the moment. And I think that's what also made it so special for me is just seeing the fans, the talent, the workers, everybody just doing whatever they can to make sure that the people that they were around enjoyed the show and instead of being like selfish and just worrying about their camera view, their seat, their comfort and all that stuff, they went out of their way to make sure everyone that was around them enjoyed it just as much as they did. And I think that's kind of what made this whole experience a lot more enjoyable for myself as well.
1: And so you have a really fun little story of how your entire weekend started. We'll withhold names, but someone forgot their belt and It was in las vegas and you needed to obtain it and get it to la immediately so here's what happened this person was having a rough time they accidentally left their belt in las vegas said hey man could you help me out i'm like hey i'm sorry i'm not going to los angeles you know get a hold of you know my boy b i believe he's going that way and then he ended up talking to you we'll just say it was a he ended up talking to you and um i guess taken away from there what happened that's so, a great story for an opening weekend.
0: So, yeah, so you were actually the one that reached out to me. And then as I was responding to you, the, uh, the talent did reach out to me themselves and saying, hey, I left my belt in Vegas. Like, I heard you're heading down to L.A. Are you able to pick it up and drop it off? I'm like, yeah, that's fine. But I don't know if what if I'm going to get there in time. Like, I'm going to probably get there around 10 p.m. And they yeah. were like, uh, well, shit, I got no other option. So I guess that's the best I could do. So they uh, went to their house, got the belt. Drove it to California. As um, soon as I got to the venue, they were uh, asking me, like, what, what what, are you here for? I'm like, I got this belt here. This wrestler is about to, like, he's, they said they need it. I don't know if they already performed or not, but I have their belt here, so can I at least just give it to them? Uh, they talked to the talent, and then they came back to me like, hold on. You came all the way from Vegas just to drop off the belt? I'm like, no, I'm here for Collective Weekend, but... Uh, I'm going to be checking out a bunch of all these other shows too. And they're like, well, that's real, so cool that you did this for The Wrestler. Do you want to come in and hang out and watch this show? And I was like, shit, why not? I got nothing else to do. I'm all already right. in L- I'm already in L.A. It was like 15 minutes from my Airbnb. And, um, and, yeah, I got to walk in. And right when I walk in, I see Thrusty in a match. And I was like, oh, that's his talent I know. Like, that's a good start to the yeah, weekend. Yeah, yeah. And just from there, I ended up seeing, uh, Vandegrift, Speedball, uh, Billy Starks, um, Brooke Havoc, Janai Kai. Yeah, it was a crazy, it was the, uh, it was, uh, the Relentless Pro Show, and that was the first time I've ever seen of them. I heard of them before, but I never really seen any of their shows. But after that, and knowing that they got that talent for those kind of shows, and it was a fun environment at the Don Quixote Center, um i i'm definitely going to be checking out and going out of my way to watch some more relentless stuff because they had an incredible like i missed like i think the first two matches or three but i got to enjoy the rest of the night and it went all the way till about midnight and it was a credible show like <laughs> for being able to get in for free and enjoy some great wrestling that was a great start to the collective for me
1: yeah it looks like uh relentless pro is a smaller company and um i'm just looking them up on twitter real real quick here i'm looking by the followers they had joined in November of 2021. So they haven't been around real long, but it looks like that they do host a lot of really talented overall, I would say a lot of West Coast talent. Yeah. What I'm looking at here. But um, you know, a lot of these companies, if you're picking up GCW talent, you're gonna be guaranteed a good show. So I think Relentless Pro is doing the same thing. And um sounds like you were pretty happy about that.
0: Oh yeah, like I said, I get, anytime I get to see a free wrestling show, uh, I'm down. So
1: right, <laughs> yeah,
0: especially especially the names I know. Like I've been to like other lo- like not local stuff, but like I've been to others like wrestling shows. I'm like, I have no idea who's here. This is not fun. Like they're obviously just students still getting the spotlight and having like a little showcase here and there. But uh, seeing Speedball like already wrestling. He already wrestled earlier in the night because I think Pandemonium Pro Wrestling had an event at the same place uh, earlier. Before the Relentless Pro Show and okay, um, yeah, Speedball wrestled at that. Like I think they had a rumble, and then he wrestled that that show that I was at. And like, yeah, I think it was a it was a three way match. And uh, Timothy Thatcher was in there as well. Um, or not Timothy Thatcher. Um, God damn, I always mess up. Toplin? No, Tom, Tom Lawler. I always I always mess oh, wow. up La- uh, Lawler and Thatcher all the time. But yeah, it's uh, got oh. to see Lawler. It, it was fun. Like it was a fun show, and the crowd was hot and into it. And there was there was more people than I expected there. So let's put it that way. <laughs> like, good. Yeah. Good. It was Wrestling good is
1: alive and well.
0: Yeah. The, the whole conversation yesterday when I was seen or however long it was the day before, the whole Indies are dead. Oh my God. That couldn't be farther from the truth of what I saw and what I heard yeah. and what I experienced like. I heard a lot of cool stories, like especially at some of these meet and greets with uh, some of the fans and wrestlers after these shows and talking to them. And like the fans are telling them, like, hey, like I was afraid to come out, especially like after Effie's show. uh, uh, I know I mentioned Kid Bannon a lot, but it was Kid Bannon because I met some people there that we met at some of the other Vegas shows and they let me kind of tag along with them since I was by myself. And we kind of hit it off at the first Vegas show and at the last one. uh, It was just pretty cool. And they know. GCW just as well as we do and everything else. So they let me tag along and they were in line for uh to get a autograph for a picture with Kid Bandit. Kid Bandit's like talking to the fans. Like every fan left crying, Kid Bandit, because they like opened up to them and like said, Hey, you're the reason I feel comfortable being able to go out to these show, shows, live but the life that I've I wanna live and not have to hide behind anything and like saying like you're the reason why and the friendly environment that like Effie's big gay brunch provided to all those people. Was very like kind of life changing from what I saw because I seen at least three people from Kid Bandit's line walk away in tears, but with a smile on their face of just finally being able to yeah express their gratitude for uh, the LGBT wrestlers uh, coming out and giving these other the fans a safe space to enjoy wrestling and it was so cool to see that and cool to hear all the other stories too of how people stopped watching WWE because it sucked and they've This was their first time watching GCW show and they see all the crazy wrestling and they want to come back and they see all the names walking around all the shows, like I was just saying, and seeing like, oh, well, why are they here? Like, oh, they're just enjoying it. Like they're enjoying a local independent wrestling. Like, what's the deal? I'm like, no, GCW is kind of a big deal. It's not just a little local place. (laughs) And yeah, it was, I guess that I didn't hear one bad, one bad word out of a fan's mouth. I... Saw a lot of cheers, smiles, people catching up with each other. New friends were being made. It was it was an nice. experience, and I I cannot just praise uh, Brett enough. The crew that worked GCW, I did follow some of them, talked to them on Twitter, and send a big shout out to some of their work because they made everything run so smooth. And um, yeah, it was
1: just just overall fun well. experience. Well security I think you were saying was a big step up in the right direction. I oh, think it my was God. necessary. It had to be after that at last LA show so many fans said something. Yeah, so, and and they definitely
0: stepped right. up. They absolutely stepped up. They uh they took care. Like uh, some people <laughs> I feel bad at one of these shows I forgot which one, but in between the shows, uh, I got in there early. I was hanging out with those people I was hanging out with and they're sitting on the opposite side of me and I just chill and talk with them before the show. And then I go to my chair and somebody like two people were sitting in my chair. I'm like, Hey, just so you guys know, like that's my chair, but I'm just sitting over there with them and the people next to them sit. And once they could, if they, Show up at their chair. I'm going to come take my chair back. And like they stood up. They're like, What do you mean we can't sit here? I'm like, That says my name on it. Like, you can't sit there. It has my name on there. And like, You got to have a badge for the front row. Like, this is our seat. Like, I don't know where you're at. So, like, I would go find out. And then security came over. And like, the one guy, the security's like, Hey, what's the problem? And I was like, There's no, no problem. And the guy's like, "Like What do you mean we can't sit here? Where are we supposed to sit to security? And security's like, Well, you don't have a badge. So I'm going to assume your general admission. So you got to go stand over there. And like, What? One guy like stepped forward to security and kind of like buffed up a little bit and security's like, nope, you're out of here. And like immediately took them both out and kicked them out. I'm like... I didn't want to get anybody kicked out. Like, i just letting them know, like, go ahead and sit in my seat. I don't care. But if I get kicked out of the chair that I'm sitting at, I'm going to come back and get mine. But, um, yeah, so security was being proactive, which was awesome to see. But I didn't see too many instances where they actually had to be proactive, which is another cool thing, too. Like, usually we see them, like, taking out the absolutely wasted people that can't even barely walk in. I didn't see (laughs) any of those people really at all during all these shows. And that was a nice change of pace. But... Definitely security had the crowd down and made sure everybody was safe, made sure nobody's sitting in front of or standing in front of people that, as you said last time on your show, no one from the corner aisles was standing in front of mine. I was kind of near the corner, too, but they had they had they blocked it off like that was so smart of them. They had those people standing right there and like, nope, you're not getting by us. Like,
1: (laughs) so where so where did they block from then this time?
0: The aisles they were blocking, right- I mean, they blocked the
1: entire aisle or most of it.
0: Oh, no! So they were allowed to stand there, but like right where the chairs, like kind of diagonal from one corner or from one ring side to the other, they stood right uh-huh. there in between the two chairs, between the two aisles. Nice, and uh, yeah. they had it on lockdown, which was
1: awesome. Huge improvement.
0: Obviously. Oh, I, yeah, like I said, I can't give them. Enough praise because it's every time I saw one of them, like, hey, you guys are doing a great job. I just wanted to say thank you because I know you guys got to get a bad rap, and I mean, sometimes it's not your fault, just the fans. But the way that you guys have ran this thing, I think it sent a message to the fans, like we ain't putting up with that bullshit no more, or at least start this show because I heard there was a lot. The one guy told me there was a lot more security or a lot more wrestlers and people working the shows than there are normally, which makes sense because it's collective weekend. But he said it was easier to. Yeah. It's easier to have the good crowd control when you have more people. So that's one he said, we're going to try to get the same amount or try to get a higher amount for the next time GCW goes out to the UCC center.
1: Smart. Thank you so much. I think that just a couple extra people is a big improvement. Yep. Huge improvement. I'm looking forward to that a lot.
0: All right. So before we cover all the shows on the collective, let's kind of lay out kind of uh, our plans for the next two weeks before the GCW shows, and try to uh, give the give you listeners out there uh, idea of what to expect. Um, because I was at the collective, and I it's now Tuesday, two days after the collective. There was no way for me to watch all the shows uh, on the fight TV and get all the cool stuff on commentary. And same thing. John, the, his with his, the way he does his incredible reviews, <laughs> he'd still be working on show number two right now because yes, of yeah. the ten shows. Yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna have kind of a abbreviated. Um, uh, podcasts and episodes so we're going to be covering two shows at once we're going to do like one kind of like minor one that doesn't have a lot of gcw talent we're going to just go through it give the talent the recognition talk about like any fun stories maybe i saw or anything that happened during the matches and stuff like that and then we got kind of one major show that will go a little bit more in depth uh closer to our normal way but since we would also don't want to record four or five hours of uh podcast every single episode those will still be abbreviated as well but it will be more in depth than the the first show that we cover so for example tonight we are covering santino <laughs> brothers uh california love that's going to be kind of the abbreviated one and then we will uh be capping it off with josh barnett's bloodsport 9 and that will be a little bit more in depth than uh santino brothers so uh bear with us and oh, uh thank you <laughs> yes bear with us with the change of format just for the collective shows and once gcw gets back on their normal schedule we'll get back to our normal uh coverage of uh john's cr- crazy good reviews of moves and yours too
1: nah, i i'm not the moves. Yeah. i kind of do, do a lot of the history said, i'm not the moves i'm not the no moves. but i mean i i think i talk about it but i'll say it again like A three hour show can sometimes take me five, five and a half hours. So I'm on the front end doing that. And then a three to four hour show can take us sometimes four to five hours to record. Mm -hmm. So we're talking eight, nine, sometimes 10 hours per show goes in. So sometimes we're spending two, three times the amount of time putting on a review for a show. That's one third. So, I just uh, wanted to mention, yeah, I do that on the front end, and then you have the back end. So you do this four to five hours recording with me, and then you have multiple hours of editing and things on top of that that has to get So together, I mean, each of us are looking at minimum seven hours, probably. Oh, yeah. Seven, eight hours. For sure. (laughs) Yeah. just I mean, just our recording alone can be four or five hours. So so, anyway, though. (laughs) No,
0: just bear with us. I know it's going to be a change of pace, but for our sanity and – Probably for your guys at Sandy as well, you we probably want to listen to uh, 30 hours of us talking in between uh, two weeks between the between the Collective and the next oh. GCW show. So we won't go move yeah. for move like how we normally do, but we'll kind of just talk and bullshit and see what the, see where it leads us. And I, I have zero – I didn't listen to a sound of commentary at any of these shows. I I haven't had time since I've been back home and um, I have no idea what was said, but maybe possibly what was on commentary towards the stories or anything else of like people missing like uh, the matches, if there was like a reason or whatnot. So I'm just kind of going to give more of what I saw there and what I enjoyed and how the match played out in my eyes, watching it live and um, just kind of talking about, yeah, my experiences during each show um, or the collective as well.
1: Yeah, you were down in the trenches the whole time. You didn't have to listen to the commentary like us com- commoners at home.
0: You know, I miss it, though, because now that like commentary has gotten good. And especially during Collective, I'm seeing now just pulling it up on Cage Match. It seems like there was quite a few different uh, ring announcers for each different show, which is awesome. Oh, yeah. And that's what I really yeah. loved about like the Hammerstein show, where every match they were just weaving in and out uh new commentary teams and i thought that made it fun because you get to hear a lot of new voices and different perspectives on each match and i do miss not listening to it. and I, I when i get all caught up and we get caught up on the podcast i might go back and rewatch it all with the sound and kind of just enjoy it as a fan watch it on a
1: fight tv plus yeah i think that's a really good idea i you're gonna enjoy a lot of it there was one funny thing that stuck out through collective weekend and that was pretty much it for commentary um during the blood sport match uh he uh what's his name kept being called davy boy smith harry yeah <laughs> yeah yeah all time he's going davy boy smith this davy i'm like oh man
0: even the it people happens. like the around us for that blood sport show were saying like let's go davy and we're like yeah but i mean like the people i was with were kind of at show, it was like it's harry but it's cool we're
1: just not gonna say nothing <laughs> well you saw me even like what was his name yeah
0: i mean i i I forget too yeah i davy boy smith i'm i if i was on commentary i'd be saying davy boy smith as well all right so we're gonna head into it with our first show of the collective as it started off with the santinos brothers uh wrestling school or not school but wrestling uh and they had california love and I will be honest with you I know some of the talent on Santino's this was probably the one I'm not saying I didn't look wasn't looking forward to but my expectations weren't as high as everything else on this collective weekend even DDT because I kind of know like Takeshta and I've seen some of DDT's uh non <laughs> normal style wrestling on some on on social media and stuff like that. So I was more familiar with them than I was really the whole Santino brothers and like their belts and their storylines. But we knew uh, about half their talent, I think I knew during these uh, during this show. And um, they actually blew my expectations out of the water. I was very shocked. And I think I even sent to you, I was like, yeah, that was a great first start of the collective because it was solidly produced. And I like how they had like a story going throughout the whole show and um yeah yeah it was incredible i i actually enjoyed this santino Brothers show our first matchup of the evening was kid bandits versus eli everfly and I was happy to see Kid Bandit. I am a big, big Kid Bandit fan. And once I saw was Eli Everfly that they were going against, I was all for Kid Bandit. And I was I was the ones. if you hear on commentary, or not on commentary, but on the Fight TV Plus screaming, fuck the fly. I was absolutely doing that. And uh, yeah, it was a good way to start off the show. And Kid Bandit, they have some funny, like, they're, we talk about the wrestlers talking in the ring and they kind of like Tony Depp in and... Um, uh, alec price i think kid bandit does a very good job in a comedic way with when yeah. when they're talking to the talking during the match like you're all ready for this and then boom they get punched before they could do the move and they're like never mind i'm gonna do that move later tonight <laughs> like it was fun seeing uh kid bandit perform and they actually held their own with D. Eli Ever- everfly um i was yeah. actually in uh, enjoy this match
1: so one thing that was kind of interesting about what you're saying there was that I could kind of hear what Kid Bandit was saying, but just barely. But I could tell you that I know that was a large part of the the gimmick the Kid Bandit had. Yep. So I was missing some of the more entertaining portions of Kid Bandit's entertainment at that point. I I did like Eli Everfly. He had that fly on his head. Yeah, I did like that. Something. What are you thinking?
0: No, I uh, this is how it's kind of going to go up. I apologize and fret. Uh I remembered a Kid Bandit story from the Wednesday night prior. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Uh, so when I was dropping that belt off to the wrestler's kid, uh, after the show, we got to go upstairs and uh, get some, uh, I was looking at merch and that's when I got to talk to some of the wrestlers and it was funny. I was talking to the wrestler. I dropped the belt off and they were right by kid bandit. All of a sudden we hear like a, like a primal scream from behind me. And, like, I was, like, legit kind of scared. I thought that something was going on or happening. And then we hear, yes, and Kid Bandit's celebrating that he just finished his homework assignment after his match, after their match uh, wrestling. Oh, <laughs> like, geez. they wrestled the match and went, get, went back to their the laptop and finished the homework. And, like, I finished it in time. Yeah. Like, that was fun to see and no kind of hear. Yeah, like, they're working hard even outside the wrestling, even during this crazy collective weekend. That's the last thing to be on my mind was work or homework or any of that stuff.
1: Well, as they should, too, um, there's a lot of performers that on the side, they're working on their Japanese things like that That's on smart. top of their training. Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, if you want to go anywhere and really make some money, I mean, unless you're on one of the two majors here, a great place to go would be Japan. Not only that, you'll come out sharper, better, get to eat pretty good over there. Good fish, good sushi. Oh, that sounds yeah, good. like I know, right? <laughs> so uh, Kid Bandit was out on uh, all black. Had the Edward scissor hands kind of motif going on there. And Eli, he had a shirt. It was like green on black. It looked really fucking cool. Yeah. I even thought about looking it up sometime and buying one. But I don't know. Eli and I are two different sizes. <laughs> it's hard to find shirts in my size, dude. It really is. I like
0: how he did it. As you said, that he came out with that fly in the head. I didn't really notice it live. Uh, but when I got to see it, just now watching it here as we're talking about it, it was a... Uh... Pretty interesting. I like the addition. It makes sense now why Eli Everfly. Like I was wondering, like why are we trying to fuck the fly other than his name's Everfly. But uh, seeing him come out with the, the fly head, I was like, that's what that's been missing from this gimmick there. I kind of started to like Eli a little bit more, but then I'm like, okay, he's starting to get put his gimmick all together now with the long
1: green tongue as well. Yeah, he he seems to have something well thought out there. Uh, this match to me was more or less like heel versus heel. Yep. I don't know why I. Uh, kind of what it seemed like to me Eli awesome athleticism I don't really know how old he is to me he almost seems like he's the type of guy who's older than he really is but that dude can move it doesn't matter what level he's on he can be on his back he can be whatever dude can flip it's so interesting to see
0: I love when he does the the, the like pedigree but he turns it into a destroyer I love that when he does that move off the top rope
1: especially now, initially, because I couldn't hear what Kid was saying, though, I was confused a little bit by the character and the gimmick. I understood the Edward Scissorhands part, but I felt like because I couldn't hear the words, I was missing an important part of the story.
0: And I know that like, they kind I mean, of just redid their gimmick, too. Like, like uh, I know right around New Year's, they were uh, like, te- like teasing like a... Kind of like a gimmick change, but more like towards like .dot exe kind of like a moving towards like a robotic kind of uh, or a- android. Huh. something. like I don't know. It's an interesting gimmick, and then now uh, they I didn't really see too much of the gimmick change in uh, their gear, but I kind of noticed it with the attitude a little bit more. So yeah, I think they, as you were said, I think Kid Bandit is turning more heelish and acting more heelish, and that's why I think you felt the heel for soon. I felt that way too watching it
1: so our winner in this match was kid bandit with the angel killer uh all i have written here was athletic and quick it was really i mean between two people they picked really two quick ass people and it was pretty exciting
0: yeah like i said, i thought that was a great way to uh start off collective weekend and uh start off the Centennial brothers wrestling show and yeah, my first match, I was I was happy. I was already like starting to feel loosened up then. I'm like, okay, this is how it's going to be. I'm liking it. I'm going to enjoy it. And yeah. then, ne- yeah. Then the next match, we have uh, the scramble. And I had no idea who any of these people <laughs> were. That's when I'm like, okay, back down to where I was, because I don't know any of these people, except Ray Rosas was the only name I have seen before. Uh, Wrestle for GCW. And it was for the uh, Santino Brothers Wrestling Inner City titles, the number one contendership. Oh, see, I, I missed that on commentary. That explains what happened later on. Okay, see, I've learned shit now because I didn't hear it. <laughs> that explains that. I didn't understand. We'll go over that later, but I didn't understand that. Now it makes sense. As uh, Alec Thomas, Dick Haas, El Primo Henio, Kodo Hero, Richie Coy, and Ray Rosas make up the competitors for the scramble. And I thought it was pretty high-paced and, uh, for a scramble. It kind of felt a little GCW, how they were going all over the place. And they, I think that's the tone they were trying to set. And I really liked how they stepped yes. up and executed that.
1: So Primo came out wearing a cape. To me, it kind of looked like half a jacket initially. I didn't notice until I saw him from the back. I saw Big Dick Haas come out. I feel he could be fun. He's a big boy. Of course, I'm a Haas fan. Ray was a surprise entrant. Rob shit was supposed to be in this match. So Ray was a nice uh, surprise. Primo was exciting. I really did enjoy him a lot. Alex seemed vanilla as a character. I know I didn't really, but he did. Alec Tomas was kind of, um, yeah, like Claudio Castagnoli. Like, kind of ah, I see character it. I kind of see it now. Yeah. And I don't know if he was maybe trained by him or what. But to me, that's what I see He's A strong man. He has talent. It's just vanilla right now until more character development comes in
0: play. Yeah, I was actually, I, uh, the one I was rooting for, too, was uh, Big Dick Cost Like, they had, They, they uh, I like the moves. Like, he did a lot of, like, strong style Power moves. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I enjoyed it. Like, I think he was probably, other than Ray Rosas, probably one of the more well-polished ones uh, I saw out there. And I did thoroughly enjoy uh, his work mostly during this match, as well as, oh, my God, I'm forgetting uh, the other one's name. Ah, I can't think uh, of Konto? the name. Uh, the one with the red pants i think it's El premium yeah
1: or premium maybe... looks like uh looks like java jay yeah that's and what it was. richie coy okay yeah richie coy was actually really impressive too he's the one that had the long curly hair i believe
0: oh okay but it was kind of nice seeing ray rosa's back i didn't know like they were gone for a while i just haven't seen him in a while and i didn't know that like, they kind of stepped, stepped away from wrestling and then uh, made the comeback tonight. So that was kind of, they explained why he got such a big pop as well. But I know he also is kind of like a SoCal wrestling legend out there like B-Boy is.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and you got to keep the respect up on people like that. They've earned it. Yeah, uh, sure. My notes on Big Dick Haas, I put fun to watch, dominant, throws people everywhere. Everyone else in the match did their best to take him out of the match. There was a spot where they basically just yep. did everything they can to beat the piss out of him so they didn't have to deal with him further on in the match. Koto to me was seen sparsely. I don't have enough to really make an opinion on who he is. I do love his look. And he did bring in a kendo stick at one point, but past that he was not in it as much as all the other people. I put down that Ray was a good replacement, better than what Rob would have given us. Um, And basically the ending went like this. Ray hits a big elbow on Primo Henio. And that was our winner Mr. Ray Rosas. So he comes back. He appears out of nowhere and he beats the living piss out of everyone else in the match. Good job, Ray.
0: Yeah, I thought that was like you said, I think he would have done a better job. No offense to Rob Shit, but just based off the of location and his history in SoCal, I think that was a perfect placement and a more suitable uh replacement for Rob Shit as well. And I was excited that they got the win. I was still at that point rooting for uh the Haas, but I yeah. wasn't it made sense to have Ray Rosas win, especially kind of it being collective weekend. This is probably the most people they've had watch the Santino brothers show. I'm assuming I have no idea, but I'm just assuming that this is like a, one of their bigger audience and had to have one of their kind of own that's OGs. That's kind of been there and pick up
1: the victory. I thought was pretty cool to uh, kind of give them their flowers. Oh, no, I'm, I have no problems in this match whatsoever. I've never seen Ray Rosas before. So for me, that was a first. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. That, i seen them, I think, once. And I want to say it was a GCW show. I could be completely wrong, but I did see them. Comp- oh, I'm like I'm th- LA Fights. That's what I'm thinking of, LA Fights. Is okay, where I so saw yeah. Yeah, I've
1: never seen them before. Okay. Uh, I'm guessing Santino probably had some people in LA Fights. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there's where I'm probably missing. Because I know I've seen Primo Henio on uh, LA Fights before mm-hmm. a long time ago.
0: Yeah, see, that's the one I, I couldn't remember. Well, that was a good scramble match. I liked how it what, felt like GCW light with the scramble, and they were they were going crazy and pulling out some crazy moves, though.
1: You see me fighting over here, like looking down a bunch. My dog wants my attention so bad since I'm dog sitting <laughs> right now that she is trying everything she can to get my attention, and I mean, absolutely everything. So <laughs> that's why you see me kind of looking around and doing my stuff right now is because she keeps like. Lucy, she's basically just begging for attention, right? She's trying to make it. her debut on the podcast. Uh, you know what? She's made a couple debuts. She just didn't know it that she was being picked up on recording at the time. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't have much more to really say about this one. We actually spent more time on the match than they did.
0: <laughs> I liked it though. Like I said, I uh, it felt it started to feel uh-huh. like a little LA fights. Like yeah, I said GCW light, but yeah, I think LA fights was is kind of more like it. Not to be like I don't want to like demean it and say it's GCW light, but uh, based off of the talent that they have, it was they just they stepped up yeah. and had a very good uh, scramble match, and I enjoyed it for not only only knowing one name in that match. I enjoyed all of the competitors. I think they all hit their spots and did what they needed to do. That's another thing I wanted like when I was rambling on about the whole collective weekend is all the, the quality of the wrestlers and wrestling was awesome. Like I very maybe saw, I would say le- uh, less than 10 times throughout the whole time where I heard spots being kind of whispered or even called like they just went boom, right into it and connected and they just knew what was going to happen. And I, I thought that was Interesting to see because usually during one show I could hear or see ten spots being called, but the whole collective I they I barely heard any spots being called out there. Not like John Cena at WrestleMania sleeper. Like the whole sleeper. Yeah, the whole crowd heard that one. But I thought that was another cool thing, <laughs> especially in this scramble match. That was one thing I noticed was like they all hit their shit and did it at the perfect time. And I thought that I think added uh
1: way better quality to that match as well. So before we go on to the match in match three. I have to ask you, did you end up watching WrestleMania night one and two yet or no? Yes, I did. Okay, okay. I was just kind of wondering because you were kind of alluding to it for a second there. So I was wondering if you'd seen it
0: yet. Yeah, uh, night one I saw because there's only two shows on Saturday. Um, there was, what was it, two shows on Saturday? Effie's Big A Brunch and then World on Lucha. So in between those two shows, I uh, went back to that, my Airbnb and watched it on my phone. And uh, yeah, WrestleMania one was fun. <laughs> WrestleMania too, yeah, not so much.
1: <laughs> but yeah, so we might as well just talk about it just for a yeah. second. But did you see the reviews Raw got? <laughs> Zero
0: point six eight was the last I saw
1: out of ten. <laughs> you you watched it? Was it that like? Was it just atrocious? And or is are our people piling on? Like no, what's going on there? Was, really that bad?
0: It was bad. Like the first hour, I think there was three minutes of wrestling. I think like someone timed so, it out. I heard like like yeah, it,
1: almost. It was an almost match too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, watch. OK, I'll so pull it up real quick. The full first
0: hour, you. you get that almost match. And it's like it's the raw after mania surprises, debuts, uh, returns, night. everything. Nothing.
1: OK, nothing happened real quick.
0: But I did. I did enjoy the GCW show. Yeah, we're going to talk
1: about WWE. Right? But it, no, but we're all fucking fans. So it was something that I thought was worth bullshitting about for just a second, because yeah, it. it <laughs> Okay, so let's go down here to good old events. Right now, the Raw from WWE is at a
0: 0.57. So it's even gone down. I saw a 0.68 yeah. earlier.
1: <laughs> yeah. So that almost match, that one match, one minute and 41 seconds. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's...
0: That way, yeah, yeah. I could have... Actually, I stopped watching like right before the main event. I was like, oh, I'll just catch the main event in the morning because I'm not staying up. I'm mad I stayed up even for this shit. I was like, kind of hoping... Yeah jay white or somebody would show up but no we get a returning matt riddle she thinks (laughs) sorry i'm not not a big matt riddle fan (laughs) and like uh, that's
1: okay and we're from vegas too yeah um i have no problem with him but i think the gimmick and everything that he has right now is really tired yes and and the dumb stoner thing just the dumb stoner thing is one thing but making bad jokes on top of it yeah so it's like okay he got corny in my eyes He has no gimmick. He has no character. That's why. When you look at somebody like even, um, I always call him skunk because his hair always had a white streak through it. But Seth Rollins? Yeah. um, He's another one where you watch him come out and you can tell he doesn't have a gimmick. He's got a sing-along song and no gimmick. What does he do? He throws his hands in the air and laughs. There's no gimmick to him. You know who used to have that gimmick? Was uh, Sami Zayn. Remember, he used to come down and act like, ha-ha, I don't care, ha-ha. Remember? Yeah, that is a clue of someone who has no gimmick. That's actually what it is. I'm just going to be the silly sad clown. Like that was what it was. You know how many Joker ripoffs we've had.
0: And see, that's why I thought Seth yeah. was going to kind of lead into uh, going into WrestleMania with that whole trailer and stuff like that. I thought he was going to be uh getting into some more Jokerish uh, antics and kind of adding that into his character.
1: Yeah, like like Sting did 25 years ago. Yeah, and. I'm not happy with Raw. I'm Raw. I'm Raw. I'm rough, I'm rough, Raw Night I, uh, Two was awful. I was really. I was. Uh, you mean uh, WrestleMania Night Two? Yeah. Was I? Yeah. It, and see. then Raw. I'm almost thinking about watching it just to say I saw that piece of shit.
0: Don't, you know what I mean? No. Like, I'm it, telling it's you, really
1: that. Really, it, nothing, like that. nothing.
0: Nothing of an
1: importance. Oh.
0: Like I saw today. Like because like the the rumor is Vince McMahon's back and kind of creative and you know, he says I, I'm looks like a it. yeah. They had so many changes. I saw like three different clips of like production people, just camera people, getting ran over, getting like a new the new uh, layout for the night. Yeah. And then even during Seth Rollins, they he comes out, does the entrance, stands in the middle of the ring. They go to commercial. During commercial, they gave him a. They came out and told him like, "Hey, like you're going out. Like you're not saying nothing." Uh Like he had a mic in his hand. They came back for commercial. He's just in the ring going la, like doing the song didn't say a word and just walked to the back. Huh. What is that shit? Like what what was yeah, the point of that? It's just because the night before or one of the whatever night he wrestled um they were like I know a lot of people were giving him shit like why do you have to pipe in the orchestra music? Like isn't just having the conductor there enough? You say they shouldn't have piped in some music for Seth Rollins' entrance, and I know they—that's right. what they got a lot of, not a lot of shit, but I just saw they were getting shit for that. So I thought this was a way of, oh, look here, here's what it's going to be like if we didn't pipe it in. It's like, okay, it's still loud, but why waste? I don't even know how long this segment was on Raw, but such a waste of time. He just came out, played the song, sat in the ring, smiled, and walked to the back. Nothing was said, nothing was done, just to have the fans sing the song. So
1: <laughs> like- oh, we'll go, we'll go. Okay, I'll go one more just for a second. Roman Reigns. WWE has had the hardest time embracing the fact that nobody likes him. I or think
0: they all love him now. Kids
1: like him, and and he did you see the reaction he got at WrestleMania? But I think that's because of Cody. No, I, I just think mean, it's, because we, of the storyline. Or...
0: Yeah, I think it's because he's a heel. Like he is full blown heel now. Yeah. And okay, yeah. I think the, he's getting the reaction. Was I? I love him. I I'm exactly thinking right they're now. leaning
1: into it. I think they're leaning into it. I think there's a lot of people who might not like him.
0: I, I think no. a lot of people no. are just, I, in my opinion, I think there are a lot of people are happier now with what he's doing now because he's not being, like, even though he kind of is on a 900-day. That's bad. Exactly. That's exactly what I was about to say. They're not being, he's not being forced down our throats, but even though he is the champion for almost three years, he kind of is, but he's also had the most entertaining storyline in, in yeah. a long-ass time for wrestling. So I think their boos are just because they all want to see Cody win or they all wanted to see sam win. I think that's, that's the kind of heat you want as a heel. Like, They want to see the other wrestler. They're not like, boo, get out of here. We're tired of seeing you. I think he's getting actual, like, natural heel reactions that they are looking for.
1: So here's my fun question, and only yes or no, because we're supposed to be on (laughs) GCP. Do you think in the last six months that Roman Reigns put himself over more, or did Sami Zayn put Roman Reigns over Who put Roman Reigns over more in the last six months, Roman Reigns or Sami Zayn? Uh, Oh, that's a fun one. That's a fun one. I would
0: have to say Sami because yeah. the bloodline it started off pretty cool when they first started it and then it kind of hit a lull and then Sammy, I think sprung it back to life into this the what we've seen over the last six months and that's obviously been the talk of WWE programming over the last six months. I would have to give credit to
1: Sammy for that. Also I had a sinking feeling that I don't think I don't think an Aew star is ever going to win a championship. I Cody Rhodes, I don't think it's gonna happen in WWE, or if it is, it's not gonna happen for a long time. It'll have to be an MJF kind of person. I I don't even see I was funny. I think there's bitterness there. They want to take their star from you know Cody Rhodes, and I think they're gonna eventually just pummel his ass into the ground because WWE's better than WCW. WWE's better than all these other that's what always happened.
0: I think yes, but also I think they are playing it into. And this was just stupid of them, though. But I Mm -hmm. get it; they're playing into like Dusty. Like Dusty's first chance at his belt, he lost, so he had to go through the fight again and get it. And then, but I, I think they blew it. I especially with all the news that came out since night two. It's that is the worst. This is like the. I don't even want to watch any of it. I love it. Yeah, I'm so. I'm back to where I was before Triple H took over, where I'll just watch the PLEs and hopefully get caught up through the videos because I am not wasting five hours a week watching that shit again. Because that, I'm sorry, that was awful. But when Triple H took over, I was all in. You got banger matches, fresh new faces, uh, storytelling going on, other people getting chances, and not just the same like not the same repeat of matches that happened the week before. Like it's been awesome. And then night two was. God awful like right when I saw Shane McMahon <laughs> when I saw Shane McMahon return I was like oh fuck it's over Vince is back yep and then he blew his knee out 10 seconds later
1: <laughs> raw raw told me Vince was back oh raw definitely yeah. I saw the writing uh literally on the wall is like oh shit not literally on the wall but I okay. I saw the writing and I'm just like this shit first of all younger Vince McMahon would not allow this older Vince McMahon to run his company right oh, off I- that I'm gonna say that Younger Vince McMahon would not this let this version of Vince McMahon write his shows during the Attitude Era at all. Yeah, so, I agree. So what we're watching is a guy who has way too much power and not enough of a grasp of the current times and what the what the people want. Yeah, he's lost. I think all touch of reality. All right.
0: <laughs> so that was back that to Santino. I figured I better if it, it is it's Santino. Just,
1: we're all we're all fans. It's just I had to talk about it for a second because um my company i grew up on since like 84 85 is now bought out so i'm kind of curious to see how that changes things and i have hopes for the future because i'd love to go back and watch them one day
0: yeah i'm i'm done i was in it for a while after last night i'm good i'm not going out of my way back to santino brothers wrestling former wwe wrestler see there's a there, there we go there's the the bridge in between the two uh it is the third matchup is tyler bateman versus Ronchi Rico. see and I, I didn't even catch half these names either because uh yeah. the loud was uh, the crowd was so loud like it was kind of hard to hear the 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 ring announcers during this uh the, the whole collective as well but that's a good thing that means the crowd's into it but yeah I, yep. i've never seen Ronchi Rico before and he had a manager damien yeah. is it arsenic I yeah know. arsenic like arsenic, uh, arsen- the, yeah yeah arsenic. Okay. yeah uh, that one, that manager Damien, we saw quite a bit. I actually kind of enjoyed him a little bit. I did like uh, all his little antics with the spray bottle, and uh, as much uh, as you said, I have in your notes with the roasting of the crowd. It was a constant during all the matches too. He's just in, walking around and like spraying people and telling, like, and just talking shit to us. It was pretty fun. But uh, it was nice seeing Tyler Bateman back, and this was a good match. Uh, two big, two big competitors, um, and.
1: The manager, the manager, I like the manager. He's funny, though. OK, so if you want to talk about having the easiest job in wrestling, be the spray bottle guy. We've got what's his name in AEW? And then we've got uh what's this? This uh, Damon arsenic. You just stand around and spray water on a motherfucker and make money. Yep. I mean, really, that's 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 it. My grandma could do that. <laughs> She's been dead since 91, bro. She could do that. Imagine. Imagine you do all that training and you're like, yeah, I'll, I'll earn a couple hundred dollars spraying people. Wow, what an awesome job. It was just, I, I like the simplicity of it. What's a bad day? It. I mean, you slip on some water. Uh, like, what's a bad day? It's the spray guy. He you get, lose your bottle. He get his he got his
0: bad day at the end of the show, which I, I enjoyed and impression. I loved it because I liked how, like I said, it kind of weaved in throughout this entire show that this heel manager uh, that everybody wants to see get beat up finally
1: does near, at the end of the show. So, this is what you were talking about. Basically, Damien gets on the mic and he roasts the crowd about using soap. Actually, that was really fucking funny. It's kind of a thing online with wrestlers and whatnot. They like to make fun of the fans because that's what you should do to your paying customers. But uh, he knows people, he said he knows people will be there all weekend and they need to use it. So he ends up handing that to a fan. <laughs> what I liked is that he brings out deodorant. Like, I didn't know there was going to be a continuous joke here, but it was fantastic. Hands that to a fan. He said they all need water. So, yeah, then uh, I think it was raunchy grabs the microphone and says, um, Damon, Damien does not want to be called the water boy, which, of course, was eating the fans. Yes, I love that. Yeah, yeah. And, And it worked, obviously. People really kind of bought into that really quick. Bateman was always like he always looks awesome in his outfit. And that's just I don't know, man, he's got it right. And he's always known how to do it. So I just wanted to kind of mention it. I think I mentioned it once before, but in this match, Batley Bateman was mostly in control for about the first half. Raunchy gets some offense in about halfway through, but he never really gets the upper hand in this one. But this match overall made Bateman look good. Rico got his ass kicked. The winner was Tyler Bateman. That was the quickest rundown I've ever done in a match, probably ever. <laughs> I honestly don't think Tyler Bateman was happy with the ending for some reason. If you go back and watch, I think maybe the ending was not as clean as he'd like it.
0: Oh, I have to go back because... Uh, yeah, yeah. There was two... Well, one during this, so the opening match, uh, the referee kind of messed up the count at the at the beginning. And they had to go back and kind of... Right. Fix it, I was like, oh, that's an auspicious start. I was like, I did get a little bit scared, but I just like, it looked like a younger referee I've never seen before. So I was like, oh, they're just learning and not a big deal. Oh, the, uh,
1: the one, two, and then, skip, and, and yeah. then three.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm sure it was just. Uh, yeah. Man. And, and I accidents had happen. And I hate
0: to say it, I, I might as well bring it up now. I want to keep this short, sweet, and quick because I don't want to trash. Like, I don't want to even say this about this referee because they're awesome. But they did have one mess up during their show. That was the first time I've ever seen them mess up on an ending three count. Uh, Scarlett Donner yeah, yeah. messed up one of them. I was like, no, Scarlett. Oh, but no. it was one, like, one out of all the matches that I've seen her do. And as good of work she did, like I said, Vikingo gets the seven out of ten good shit and bad shit. I'll take one mess up. But I was like, yep. that—that's when you know you're good, Like I, I was like, she didn't count the three. I'm like, that's the first time I've ever seen her mess anything up like that. Like... Uh, it was. It was nothing. That one wasn't as bad as the first one. But I have to go back and watch the the end of this Tyler
1: Bateman one because I did. I didn't see him kind of get mad uh, uh, as you said. Well, he just somehow. I don't know how, but it just seemed like he was a touch frustrated. Yeah, and he left quickly. Oh, okay. So, who the hell knows? And I. I could obviously be playing into things. That's true. That's how that goes too. You know, everything can sometimes be more interesting in your head than it really is. Yeah. So, you know, 10 people see a car crash, you're going to get 10 different stories. Yep.
0: I love the whole water thing. And as you said, though, I like how you said forced. Like, that was kind of like fed or not forced fed, but like they fed that line to the crowd because – like when they yeah. said that, I said the same thing. I'm like, who's calling them water boy? And as I'm thinking that water boy, I was like, holy shit. Okay. Like that's why they did it. And it worked out perfect. He was a good heel manager. Uh, kind of reminds me a lot of MK out here. just without the water bottle, just loud and yeah, yeah. loud and, uh, arrogant. And that's what you want from a heel manager. And I think they did, uh, Damien did a pretty good job with that, but I did enjoy this match. It was a, uh, good Tyler Bateman match. And I'm. Glad he picked up the victory because I knew of his name. I didn't see too much of Rachi Yuriko. And I'm glad Tyler got the win because I don't. Every like I watch Tyler, he doesn't win quite often. And uh, seeing him win, I actually was kind of happy that he finally got a victory and I got to see it live.
1: Dude, with the average age group at GCW, we could have totally pulled out some water boy like movie quotes oh yeah water yes. sucks
0: well uh, gator, gatorade i think it started a little bit like someone wanted to do that i know in the crowd and then it didn't like catch on but i was like damn like i was actually kind of i was on that guy. I was like man that's a good one you should have kept that going he said it once and then and this guy did it quite a few times which is perfect i was surrounded by a bunch of people that were starting the chance which is awesome right. because that's what you need obviously but i found out like the little thing they'll say it one time super loud and then like wait to see if anyone else says and if, and if anyone uh-huh, else says it the second time yeah they kick back in on the third but <laughs> if no one says it the first time like they're like damn like so uh
1: i, am... I think it has to do with um Oh, uh, confidence.
0: No, oh, yeah. I think if sure. you say it
1: confidently, that helps.
0: Like me, like I just say shit. I don't give a fuck if I'm the only one saying it. Like that was like the whole story with Jordan <laughs> and my son getting in the ring with Jordan with G sharp. I'm the only one chanting "fuck you," G sharp, with a uh, a show full of kids, and I'm like, oh shit, maybe I shouldn't be saying this, but I'm already in too deep now. I got to keep going. Um, yeah, we, we have GCW mouths.
1: Yeah. That's oh yeah,
0: is. I definitely do. But good third match. I I'm glad Tyler got the win. Our fourth matchup of the evening is a tag team match as Dom Kubrick and Lucas Riley go against the Bomb Squad, consistent of Cameron Gates and DKC. I don't know where I've seen this DKC before. I've seen him somewhere, mm. and I remember I really liked him as a wrestler. Like, I wanted to find out more about them. And then when he came out and I, like, he walked by me, I'm like, oh. Like I'm snapping my fingers like that. Leonardo DiCaprio. I'm like, that's him. Right, that's right, right. that yeah. guy. What's his name? I can't remember his name. And oh, he was so good. And, um, mm-hmm. this was a good tag team. I love this tag team match. It was, I, The pacing of it was awesome. Um, Lucas Riley and I seen him again. Uh, Dom Kubrick was a new name and Cameron Gates was a new name, uh, as well for me, but I really enjoyed the team of Gates and DKC. And I thought they kind of did work together. And I, I, and see here's what i'm trying to think of as the fan this one felt like another kind of heel versus heel where or face mm-hmm. versus face like at first i think it started off yeah. heel versus heel and then by like the middle of the match i see like everybody chanting for both teams and i'm like what is like i was so lost on who to cheer for and who not to so me doing by myself i was rooting for lucas riley because i knew his name more or dkc whenever they were in the ring and um there was one fan too i don't know if it was the mom of DKC or someone, but she was decked out in new Japan. Oh, maybe that's where I've seen DKC before <laughs> new Japan. Cause they were all decked out in new Japan, uh, clothing and like cheering for her. like, it seemed like it was the mom and stuff like that. But, um, She was funny. She had a lot of uh, fun stuff to say to Lucas Riley and Dom Kubrick. Uh, I I can't remember. Do they have? Okay, I'm watching their entrance now. No, they did not have a tag team. I was like, I thought I heard them announced as a tag team, but maybe it was the. Okay, so
1: there are the Bomb Squad are a reunited tag team. Interestingly enough, and not not for long. Spoiler alert. But uh, (laughs) okay, that makes sense. So um, Riley and Kubrick, they come out the Dancing Queen by Abba. Yep. I have to mention it just because I was raised on that disco shit. So I actually like four ABBA songs. That's something you'll never hear out of me again. But both have been tag team partners before. Also, just letting you know, they have their shit together. They have matching pants. Yes. Did you see that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, blue, powder blue matching pants. Bro. And
0: that's where I didn't know even Lucas Riley had a tag partner, I guess, like because I mostly seen them yeah. in these scrambles in GCW.
1: Yeah, it was a fast-paced match overall because there was just a lot of young wrestlers in the ring. I have the DKC has good agility and technique. Cameron Gates has great speed and technique. The only thing that these two teams were missing would be an engaging storyline because I wrote here that I really like watching them both. I thought that they both worked really well together. Uh, Kubrick, he was an unorthodox style fighter. He was enjoyable and refreshing, especially when we feel like we've seen every move known to man. In wrestling at this point, Dom missed the double moonsault sent on. It was fucking insane though. And and that's okay.
0: In person, everybody was like, oh, what? Like when he landed and he missed, like everybody's like, holy shit, like is he okay? Is he okay? Like I even said the same thing. It took like a second for me to process. I was like, he missed that?
1: Like, oh
0: my God, that's got to hurt so bad
1: as bad as he hit the mat. Dude, dude, yeah, it did not look good at all. Okay, so 11 minutes in it, I'm seeing a bunch of new moves worth checking out to see something different, especially for fans, like I said, who've seen everything. Somehow I got ahead of my own notes there. That's fine. (laughs) I totally didn't expect Kubrick and Riley to work so well together. I do think it's the power of the pants and the power of Dancing Queen. So I'm not really sure, but this was the first I'm not going to lie. This was the first real match of the show in my mind. This was the one where it felt like the fans had kicked into gear, and everything was just a touch more exciting. Not saying it wasn't before. I'm just saying if it was at a five, now it's at a seven. Or if it was at a four, now it's at a six. Everything kind of kicked up when these two teams came together, and I can really see why.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. They These two teams played off so well against each other. Like I don't know the tag. I like, guess this is where I didn't have any expectations going to send Tino Brothers Show because I don't know like what their tag's their tag teams uh, situation looks like, like if they just throw random people together, do they actually have tag teams? But this one felt like I, I would be building my tag team division around these two teams. Like they, they worked very well together. They, there was a lot of different styles in this matchup. We got like Lucas, the high flyer, DKC more of the strikes. Uh, Cameron Gates just did a lot of unorthodox shit. I remember watching and, uh, Dom Krubrick yeah, like, um, there's just a variation of styles. And I think that's what made this match so fun for me and the high pace, the high speed of it, because I really enjoyed this tag match. And I was right. DKC, I did see on new Japan, he wrestled like he is a new Japan wrestler. I didn't even say, I looked at cage match. I'm like all new Japan. Okay. That must've seen him once or twice there.
1: Uh, What a nice addition though, to kind of sprinkle that in with the Santino brothers or talents like that. Yeah, really
0: help elevate the show. Yep, and so uh, yeah, so I uh that obviously means that probably DKC didn't wrestle too much for Santino's, but I would I want to see him kind of in work like a scramble match or something because I think he would be kind of fun to watch in GCW. Our fifth matchup of the evening it is Bad Dude Tito going against Matt Van Griffin. Yes, I was. Oh, sorry. Uh, the, I forgot one thing. Just if you are Santino Brothers fan, listen to it. Cameron Gates did uh, turn on DKC at the end of that match. And uh, that was like, that's what I was saying at the beginning. Spoiler alert. Like, if they just reunited, they're back to being apart part again. <laughs> but I love that like, storyline, like storytelling. Like, that's what I felt during the show was they were, ex- they didn't just use this as like a showcase, even though they might've done it with the talent. They still interweaved a lot of their storylines into uh, this matchup and this event. And I really enjoyed it because like I said, now like, oh, i want to go back and see what DKC and uh, Cameron Gates have done before, or later on, another kind of story gets interweaved. I wanted to see where that kind of continues on from here. Um, but I thought that was a pretty cool thing that I did forget to mention before I hopped in this match. Uh, but bad dude, Tito versus Vandergriff, I was so happy to see Vandegrift. I got to see him the night before, which was another pleasant surprise and he was in the main event with, uh, Team Filthy and and Speedball, and mm-hmm. I forgot, there was a, a couple other big names in that match. So it was kind of nice seeing Vandegrift in a main event with some bigger names because the, if there's a, if there's one name that I've always want to see a lot more in GCW, it's not just because he is a local, but it's Vandegrift. I think his style, for, especially for these scramble matches, the times he has wrestled for GCW in the scrambles, he's only getting so maybe two or three spots in and i think he kills it every time i just i want to see more of him in gc because i think he could do really good so i was uh happy to see van Grif, uh once again and bad dude tito that is yeah, one bad dude <laughs> one big dude yeah
1: i've uh, we've seen both men before in las vegas so these two we were familiar with here one thing for sure like i said tito is fucking strong there was a spot here that i'm just going to mention because I don't want people to think this is a standard Vandegrift match. Vandegrift had a rough fall after missing a top rope at one point, and he was kind of grabbing at his, um, what is that area? His shin. He was grabbing at his shin. It looked like his shin uh, had this, the rope had hit his shin pretty damn hard as he was trying to come across. So Tito was on another level though. He looked really good this whole match, but Vandegrift basically about halfway through, he really did redeem himself. But he was still off, and you could tell, especially if you're a fan of his. So many things did not work for him, so I'm going to consider it an off day. And I normally wouldn't mention all these things, but I want anyone to know if you've seen him before, that was not your average Van de Grift match. And um, I hope he gets a better shake next time, whatever was going on. But Tito did look great, and he hit a huge frog splash in the end for the win. So our winner was Bad Dude Tito. Back to you, B. I,
0: uh... <laughs> I do I think, like I why you say he was off. I didn't I noticed only that one spot. I didn't notice like anything else that he possibly messed up on, but um man, I just saw him Russell seven hours prior, the night before, yeah, at yeah, another company, yeah. and then you had to wake up and go do here so I could see heavy oh, legs. no stress. Oh, your yeah. shot,
1: you know, your your match is shot across the world, no big deal.
0: Yeah, that's no stress. It. And <laughs> I think like a lot of these competitors that worked all these ten different matches throughout the whole night, I'm surprised like quality wise, it all held together pretty on. I didn't see too many botches or any of that stuff. Um, But I did like how he played it off. Like, not played it off. He went to a ship, but like Tito was kind of laughing at him. Like, ha ha ha. Like, that's what you get high flyer. That's why I stay on the ground. But then Vandergrift kind of picked it up and hit like another two crazy high flying moves I remember. And uh, I think I know what you're saying. Now, it didn't didn't just look as... uh, smooth as what we normally see with Van and Griff have because he's pretty smooth high flyer and that's his whole yeah. gimmick is the aerial chemist. And I really I don't know if he's gotten away from that or he just has an add on. Cause I know when he first introduced that here out in Vegas, he had like the hats, the goggles, the jacket, he had everything. But it seemed like out in California he didn't really Move on because I really
1: had different music and everything.
0: Yeah. Well, uh yeah, he had different music and everything. He went back to old music during these shows. That's how I knew it was Vandegrif when I heard the music, I was like, Yeah, oh, that's old uh, Vandergriff.
1: Maybe he just went with what people may be the most familiar with. Yeah. They last saw me on G C W is this, so that's my last presentation. I'm gonna go back to that presentation. I don't you know, maybe.
0: I think that character has some legs though. Like I just I like the whole aerial chemist. Like the character has legs. I can yeah. see him like on the top rope, like, okay. Do like a kind of draw like a little Einstein kind of like thing in your head and like, oh, got it. And then do like some new crazy move off the top rope you've never seen, which is getting impossible now. Like Vikingo seems to be like the only one that's in commander doing new innovative moves off the top rope. But I think that gimmick was unique, innovative, and like I said, he could do some stuff with this. So hopefully uh, he will continue to use it because uh, I do like that gimmick. I actually tried buying that shirt for myself. Uh, finally, uh-huh. and there, after I caught him after this show, uh, but they didn't have my size, so I ended up buying one for my son, so I could at least have that shirt uh, for him. Smart. That's one thing, too, yeah, I, I didn't
1: th- buy a lot of merch. Well, that, you know, but you're there for ten shows, though, True. so your best bet is to really, like, pick one, pick, like, snipe. I got two. You know, you're sniping. See? You I, sniped for the quality.
0: I got a new Ciclope shirt that I've never seen before, and I got a, that black and red GCW hat that I wanted when they announced it on their merch site a couple weeks ago.
1: Yeah, I saw you had it on during the yeah. show. And I'm like, yeah,
0: I had, hat. I had to buy that one. That's that had me written all over. it. Those are my colors. Good shit. Man.
1: Yeah, um. With the aerial chemist thing, I don't know if he's going to keep that or not. I'll tell you this much, though, going to have to make sure he picks it up because you've got people like Commander out there. You've got people like Elio del Vigingo oh, out yeah. there. Those are aerial masters. Yeah, it's. I'll be curious to see what he does, because see the thing is, is I don't know if he's he's a bleeder, like if he's a bleeder bleeder, like if he wants to do that. Also, he's not a talker. We're not going to put him on a mic. So GCW might be beneficial for that, too. But again, like I said, if you don't want to get cut, sometimes GCW is the way to go.
0: Yeah, I think it would fit into a scramble wise, like how we, uh until he gets like kind of more established as we've kind of talked about like Alec price, like we want to see he was at the beginning when we were big fans of him, like he was like a scramble. He's perfect for scrambles yep. and he killed it there. Yep. Now he's having great one-on-one matches. I think Vandergriff uh, falls along that same line as well.
1: He'd be a great scramble person. Yep. Yeah. And uh, gosh, I was going to go somewhere else with something and I completely forgot it. I should have written it down. I'm looking at my tablet. Um, damn, that's okay. <laughs> if it was important, I would have remembered it, but uh, yeah, I, I think, Oh, I know what the other part was. Vandergriff just uh, had started over at NJPW.
0: Yeah, at the dojo. So I saw that. Over
1: there, That's cool. So, I, I was excited to see that. Yeah, so good luck to him. Hopefully everything is well. But yeah, that is not dojo Vandergriff that you saw against Bad Dude Tito. So check out some other matches because that will be more indicative of what he's capable of.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, Bad Tito with the win. And uh, that's refreshing to see two names kind of going at it that we both knew. So right? uh, I was, I enjoyed that, that match. I'm a big also Vannegar fan too. So obviously I'm going to enjoy that match for our sixth matchup of the evening. It is for the Santino brothers, inner city title, as it is a three way match between the champion, Delilah doom, Heather Monroe and Johnny Robbie. And I, I really enjoy Delilah Doom's gimmick. I love the whole, i don't want him to step on your thing but i love the whole no, go ahead go ahead i love the whole 80s workout and stuff and like checking yes, the pulse yeah. and come on guys let's do it in the high like the <laughs> the scrunchie the,
1: the, the, the scrunchie kind of yeah. on her on her uh, wrist i think it's
0: like, i think it's uh unique and it, it kind of fits different. it seems like she's and she performs it very well so um i think this was the first time i actually got to see her in person i'm not 100 sure but, um, yeah, Johnny Robbie is nice to see working out there because we've seen her in Vegas um, working yeah. at the shows. And I like Heather her. As She's well, decent. Yeah. yeah, so this was actually a really good three-way women's match. I enjoyed it, and the crowd was super into it as well. I think this was, at this point, one of the loudest I've heard the crowd uh, for this show was during this match, and uh, Delilah Doom definitely has a lot of fans out there in uh, L.A.
1: So all three women did a lot of work to keep up the match pace. That's one thing I want to say for sure because – It looked like from the beginning, they had agreed, look, we're not going to have any downtime in this match. We're going to make sure it's exciting from beginning to end. And they really did do this here. I think this was the second longest match on the show. I'm just off the top of my head. This was a little over 13 minutes long. So they really gave these ladies some time. Johnny Robbie had the least amount of experience and put in a lot of quality work. I want to make sure I mention that because I really do like watching her and she did a kick-ass job heather had a lot of uh nice spots that came through there and yeah i'll let, I, I let you talk about Delilah. i'm not going to go too farther on it but delilah did pin johnny with a sparkle motion and our winner then was delilah doom so i don't know where you want to pick up from there but yeah i enjoyed this a lot yeah really fun.
0: like i said the crowd was into it um i i, I was rooting for delilah the, uh, during this match because I'm more familiar with her than Heather Monroe and Johnny Robbie, but I think this was my first time seeing all three of them, and they killed it. Like I said, I didn't like the crowd was super into it, which surprised me because I just don't know too much of like the all three competitors, but they must be out there quite often. And I know Johnny Robbie kind of goes back and forth between L.A. and Vegas uh, a little bit more often now. I think she's doing some stuff with the crap House as well. But um, yeah, I was entertained in this match, and it was it was a fun three way uh women's match and delilah doom does uh win. she keeps the belt and this is what i was saying earlier interweaving some storylines because i didn't know uh at the end of this match ray rosas comes out and jumps delilah doom and kind of cuts the whole you people promo which was you i was i was a little tired of that one i was like as soon as they said it's because of you i was like oh so lazy but it's also effective, lazy and it's quick and effective. I shouldn't say lazy. It's easy and effective. And yeah, he beat the shit out of Delilah Duman. This was so another funny little thing about the whole collective. My father-in-law, uh, he watched every single show, I think, except one of the whole collective. Wow. Weekend. Yeah,
1: because so he was it because he liked it or was he just trying to give it a try or what was you should watch it with him because you could really help him. So we watch
0: since he's been staying with us. Um, we've been watching a lot more GCW and he watches the show. We've been explaining everything mm-hmm. to him. And he's just kind of like when I, I love watching people's reaction. First time watching GCW, just like the mouth wide open. And he was like. Yep, And what is going on? What is this? Not the traditional stuff that he's used to, but he's absolutely giving it a try. And he's actually been enjoying uh, it and stuff like that. And he was actually texting me during these whole things. And this match, uh, after Ray Rosas did uh, jump Delilah Doom from behind, and since he is the number one contender now, he challenged for the belt. And that's where I had no idea. Like, that's why I was so caught off guard live. I'm like, why is he tacking her? He was just a baby right. face. Like, a couple couple hours ago and now he's getting booed out the building and it makes sense i didn't i didn't catch that part uh live but uh my father-in-law saw this and so like he kept on texting me the whole like not every day but like during the the shows he's like hey how's that how's like she he didn't know to remember her name because they're brand new this first time he's seen almost every single one of these wrestlers so he was like how's the 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 woman doing that got beat up by that dude after the first show uh-huh. i know. Like, nah. oh, I was nice. like no nah, she's cool she's good but like you should
1: have said she's fucking, dead. Right? She, she's well, he fucking dead they took her to the hospital she was pronounced dead the other night total <laughs> beat down you witnessed the you witnessed a murder on tv dad you know <laughs> But she
0: sells good. That's where that's, I was like, I wanted to say that during yeah, the match, like yeah. her selling is awesome. And like, and it makes it really believable. And like, even when I first uh, got back home on Sunday, the first thing that I was about to say, Oh, is she okay? I'm like, she's fine. It's all good. But, uh, <laughs> that's yeah, what you want. That's what you want as a wrestling, as a wrestler, you have a brand new fan who's mo- emotionally invested in the wellness of Delilah doom. And now he like really hates Ray Roses because of all what right. he did to her. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, And how effective that they were, I think, during this whole show of playing storylines out and throughout the whole entire show. And like I said, that's what made me actually really want to go. And I don't know where they're after on uh, IWTV or whatnot, but kind of just kind of see where everything goes from here on out. And they they did tell a lot of good stories throughout this whole event. And um, yeah, Delilah Doom seems like she'll be challenging Ray Rosas here for the Inner City title uh, sometime soon. And that will lead us into our main event of the evening, as it is for the Santino Brothers title, as Shay Cabrera, the champion, comes out with once again Waterboy. I mean uh Damian Arsenic going against Willie Mac and. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to step on your nose again, but like that's like literally the first Willie. the first thing on my mind. Willie is so goddamn over everywhere, every show yeah. he's on in LA. Like, man, he is just incredibly over. And uh yeah, I was definitely rooting for Willie Mac Cabrera. I have seen him before. He did tag um with bad dude Tito at one of the GCW shows. I think they went against um like Starboy Charlie or Joey or someone like that. But I remember like they I did see huh. Shea Cabrera before. I think I actually can uh, kind of confused him with another wrestler from one of these the Centino Brothers show. Um but I didn't know he was a champion. I think he has a good look for the champion. The in-ring work uh, seemed a lot better this time than what I saw on GCW, which was really good to see. And Willie Mack absolutely killed it like how he always does and put on a great entertaining match in the crowd. Like I said, I other than Nick Gage, speedball. Maybe after this week in Coda and Yoshi. Well, before this weekend, Willie Mac was the second biggest pop I think I've ever heard in UCC other than Nick Gage. Really? Speedball's getting up there now. Like, they all, like, that's he a didn't, easy. I fucking love Speedball. Oh, yeah. And this weekend, he, he absolutely needs, he earned all football. his flowers. What a nice guy, too. Yeah. But glad to see Willie Mac, And uh, it was a good match. Yeah. This was a, like, a big style like it felt like a new japan match and kind of was what i was feeling watching this it felt none of that high-flying flippy shit other than like what willie mack does it's more just hard-hitting strikes and telling stories uh with what was going on in the ring with holds and working body parts and it was just spot fest and i like the change of pace there and um
1: i enjoyed this match yeah willie is deceptively agile that's the word i'm looking for agile that's just it seems that's what he is. Willie always gets love from the UCC. And that's, that was also in my notes because it came across TV so well. Good, It's home territory for Willie, you know, uh, South Central LA born. He's just a relatable guy. You look at him and you just want to like him. Also, to me, I don't know why, but I see a big kid in Willie. I don't. Sometimes I just see a big kid. And I love watching that big kid smile. He's and living I also his dream, love yep. watching him just yeah, yeah. And, and I think that's what it is. It's just that likability. I have nothing in common with this guy at all, and I fucking love him. Yeah, I, 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 you know what I mean? We we'll probably watch different shows, eat different food, nothing in common whatsoever. And for some reason, I identify with him and I love him. I'm the he's same way. I,
0: I think I really like him, too, because he's out there and enjoying himself and having fun. And like yeah. as you said, like he just smiles all the time. And that's so cool. Um, So cool seeing him do that no matter what the circumstance is. it's funny i don't i think it was the world on lucha uh so that'll be one of the last shows we cover but I might, i'm gonna make a note here that i have to talk about a funny little spot during uh during willie Max match that spot that i never knew okay, like yeah. never seen or never heard of but all the fans they heard the music and they kind of knew what was happening i'm like what the fuck who's coming out and willie mac did something but i thought that was a nice little tweak to his character
1: and i agree with you cabrera has a good look to him I think that that can get him far if he wants to uh, if he wants to take it that far. But this was more of a hard hitting big man type of match, which right up my alley. Those are the ones that I really like. So um, Willie gives the champ a good fight. No lie. He outshines the champ by personality alone. That's one of the things I did want to mention here is you don't have to say anything to still win the fans over. A good example. This is an old example. But there was a guy a long time ago who used to win, who used to lose Super Bowl after Super Bowl. And his name was uh, Jim Kelly. And he'd get the shit kicked out of him by several different quarterbacks. But no matter what, every time he lost for some reason, he would still be the one that people would remember. And sometimes he would even get endorsement deals after his losses. And the reason why, for some reason, was that actually he was always smiling. I know it sounds dumb. But that personality just comes through, and you can see that in a lot of performers, like good old fashioned Kevin Steen. You can see he has tons of personality because he uses it when hes talking shit to the fans in the ring. same situation here. I've seen quite a few performers where after I listen to them talk in ring and to the performers or to the fans outside of the ring, I go, "Damn, they're intelligent." I didn't even know that, and so, yeah, uh. It's it's just Cabrera didn't show as much personality in the match as I would like to have seen, so that I could kind of connect with him more. But he was a bad motherfucker because he hit the meat hook for the win on Willie Mac, and that is how good old Shay kept his championship. Our winner was Shay Cabrera.
0: I agree with you. I I felt the same way with Shay. Um, I think he's using the water boy as like a heater. Um, yes, like because obviously, like just the so personality wise, like he's good in the ring but like you said like personality just seemed like something was missing uh, I think it's actually like I, I say this but not and I don't know any of this his character I'm just saying based off of this night but uh, he had on his trunks Latino meat and I think that's his tag team yes. with bad dude Tito and uh, I think that's who his tag team partners and I, I love the name of it. I was like what does that say oh my god that's hilarious and uh, I did like that little bit of personality at least on his trunks and I uh, I was really rooting for Willie Mac. I was kind of hoping to, uh, I don't know how often Willie Mac wrestles for Santino brothers, but I was really hoping to see some gold on Willie Mack uh, after this event. But Shea Cabrera does pick up the win. And of course, with the help of Damian Arsenic, I think something happened at the end. I'm trying to, let me see if I fast forward. I thought like, okay. So yeah, the Damian's, uh, the other person he came out with earlier in the night, they kind of started jumping Willie Mac, And that's when um, I think, Oh yeah, Slice Boogie from New Japan. I know he's been hurt and on the sidelines. He was on commentary, and then he came out and uh beat the shit out of Damien, which I enjoyed. It finally got that was a good way to end, at least on us on a positive note. The 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 heel manager gets his comeuppance, and that's at least one way to send the fans home happy if Willie Mack didn't win. And that is Santino Brothers. It was it was fun. A good way to start off the show. I gave it a solid seven and a half, eight, like I had zero expectations going in. I just wanted to see good wrestling, but a lot of the talent names was very refreshing and nice to see. And I really think they stepped up to the plate and showed, um, they showed the world, obviously, with GCW's platform, what Santino Brothers Wrestling is all about. And I think a lot more fans are actually going to check them out because I heard a lot of them. A lot of people said the same thing. That was really like a surprise card of the weekend because they just wasn't a lot of expectations and they have to kind of set the tone for the weekend and i think they did a great job of that as well. All right, so we're going to cover Blood Sport 9 next Josh Barnett's Blood Sport and this one i was really looking forward to because it is my first time seeing Blood Sport live obviously. Um i've seen like a little bit of like the local like out here in Vegas i think it's like natural born killers or thrillers i forgot which one they called it but uh they have a very similar event and I've watched those ones on their FSW network and it's they've been pretty good. But live and in person, this was my first Bloodsport. And I this was the one I was really excited for the most just because of obviously Speedball versus Coda. That was between that and Vikingo, that's number one and number two. 1A, mm-hmm. one 1B that I was really looking forward to. I think a lot of people as well for uh, the collective. So I was super pumped and I was little disappointed it was this early. I didn't kind of like it in the afternoon. I kind of like the whole night feeling as what I've seen it before in the past. Yeah,
1: because it's like a gritty fight. It's like, uh, what was that movie with Brad Pitt? Uh, Fight Fight Club, Club, yeah. It feels like Fight Club. Yeah. And uh,
0: so, yeah, it was everything I hoped for. And the crowd was incredible during this one. Um, One thing, I I didn't mention it last time. Oh, it's funny, too. The one of the the people standing at the the what's it called the entranceway is uh waterboy himself I see him now in street clothes
1: yeah <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm covering the curtain at the during the entrance um, upper left hand uh, corner on the stage you can see uh Nick Wayne and and uh jordan oliver yeah oliver's eating chips over there on that left side i think this is one of those shows where wrestlers wanted to watch other wrestlers work
0: i'm yeah. telling you if you, you want to see all the names i was saying that i saw the ozzy open the cheeseburgers the upper left hand corner phrase from the yeah. hard cam yeah. is where you will see all of those wrestlers at that was like the spot where all the wrestlers hung and i thought that was so cool that's literally what i was looking for the entire time um real fast though, i know i got sidetracked there, uh, we kind of talked about the aesthetics of the UCC. Uh, yes. You know where the projector was, where Ninja Mac and Speedball, like Ninja Mac, mm-hmm. got thrown off? I've never noticed before, so I, I texted my wife just because she kind of pays attention to some of this stuff, too. But up there was a big, giant GCW... Uh, not a yes. flag, but just like a, a light. It's like a projector. Yeah, a projector. Remember the me? old projectors? Yeah, <laughs> so I don't know if that was the projector that was like right there beneath it or whatnot, but I thought that was so cool. Like it stuck it out to me. I was like, that's cool. Because when my first yeah. ever Vegas show, they had that on the outside of wherever they, that place that they wrestled or had the first couple shows. It was on the outside of the building and a big like uh, projector. And I thought that was so cool. Cause I remember that was like the first picture I ever took at GCW was up there. And I really just got nostalgic thinking about it. Cause um, I really saw it during this match or during this show, Bloodsport, I did sit in a different seat for this one. Um, and I, it stood out to you my had mind. You a great seat. Yeah. Oh yeah. I had a great seat for both shows. Like for every single show I was sitting in two spots, I had one specific seat, but then when I could, I sat with the other people that I, I met with and uh, just to talk with them and enjoy the show with them. And, uh, if they that person that came for their seats showed up, I went back to my spot, which is just as good because it's still front row, right in the middle of all the action. Um, I really want. Oh, I know I've just missed it now, but that Ko- the Kota Abushi chant, the his entrance, yeah. yeah, that was the loudest I have ever heard the UCC Center. That. Really incredible. yeah. I know I talked about Willie Mac last, last show. I talked about Willie Mac, like he gets it, uh, Nick Gage gets it the most, Willie Mac second, but overall, the loudest I've ever heard that place was Kota Bushi's, uh entrance. And I tried getting it on my phone, but of course, as I was telling you, I think before we started the podcast, yeah, my yeah. phone was full of storage, so I had no space to even take pictures or receive pictures or any of that stuff. So I could, I missed that one, but I that's one sound and visual I'll never forget because I just remember looking around and everybody's going ballistic for Coda. And I just thought that was so cool. And I thought that was so cool that this was, I know this isn't a traditional wrestling match, but one, he hasn't wrestled in two years and he, he chose to come to GCW for his comeback. Right. Not just right. his match against uh, Joey Janela at Joey Jan- Janela Spring Break, but his first officially signed match was Bloodsport in GCW. And I think that's just so fucking cool of GCW to be able to pull talent like that and have the talent want to come to GCW. Obviously GCW will take that kind of talent, but I just Hell think yeah. it's cool that uh-huh. they're a, even a choice or an option for these wrestlers. Uh, another thing too, aesthetically, I was talking about, we've talked about last show when, when you went we noticed the lights, the, the lights yeah. up top. That, those are new. Yes. Those were not there before. I did go back and watch a, a couple older, older shows. And those people that I was with, they've been to some mm. UCC shows too. And they said those are brand new lights. So I thought that was just no a kidding. funny thing because it's something we talked about um, on the podcast. And I brought it up with them too. Um, yeah, Bloodsport was yeah. the show for me. This was the one I said this was my favorite show of the entire weekend. The feeling, the crowd, the action, it, the intensity, especially... Uh, during the entrances, I love the entrances. How they do it, how they line up in like the V formation and stuff like that. I actually, I gotta go back now because I made a note of this when it was happening because I saw. Um, I think it was Killer Kelly mentioned to My Speedball. My favorite. Yeah, I think I'm. I think it was hers when I was watching. Uh, I, I think I just saw it right now too. Whispered to Speedball, it's like, did they really put all the losers on this side? <laughs> Like, actually, now I've got to really? go back. I took a picture just specifically on that side. I'm going to go back uh, probably when we're reviewing this to see if all the losers were on the left-hand side because that was pretty funny. I remember I, I saw her whispering that to, to Speedball, so I thought that was a cool little detail that probably no one else saw unless you were there live, and I, I was paying attention. Wow. To speedball because of Speedball versus Cody, and to see her kind of make <laughs> make, make that comment, Now is something I want to go back and see. But Josh Barnett's wow. Bloodsport, was this... I, 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 I'm fumbling over my words here because it was amazing. No, I'll help you. I'll help you. So
1: the first thing I'd noticed with this blood sport was there was no blood. I'll just go ahead and say that. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, run a hot dog stand with no hot dogs. <laughs> but uh, I did notice that these were more uh, educated fans. These were the kind of fans that were attending that understood wrestling from front to back. They watched more intently than the average fan would and um for good reason you really had to pay attention because there were a lot of nuances on the ground that you normally wouldn't really take notice of unless you're really paying attention and those nuances tell the story in blood sport so you really have to pay attention but just as a review for blood sport things are a little different there's no ropes most already like i said most know these rules but Anyone goes out of the ring, they must be allowed to get back into the ring. The 10 count does stand, so you could be counted out of 10. But there's also the basic rules of no eye gouging, no twisting the nuts, all the shit that we already know that you never do. No fighting after the bell, all that bullshit that always gets broken when when the heel gets going. But yeah, so that's what you see. You see a ring, you see no ropes whatsoever, and you're going to see two competitors primarily just... Bite it out in that ring. One of them goes to the outside. They have 10 to get back in. And yeah, I know I repeated myself, but I tried to make it like the simpler version.
0: Yeah, it's kind of a lot, very similar uh, to MMA rules. Like I just said with the eye gouging and uh, Yeah, it's MMA, stuff. it's it's pro wrestling
1: MMA. Yeah, and I think that's, that's, that's the best way to put it.
0: I think you worded it perfect, too, that fans are way more intently watching this that because, as you said, the ground game is where the story's being told of the struggle of yeah. who's going to get the the upper uh, the upper hand and position-wise and, like, with the jiu-jitsu and stuff like that. And that's how I kind of felt myself watching. I felt like when I was used to go to these MMA shows, it wasn't, like, no UFC shows, but when I was – I actually used to train, like, little MMA and boxing and, and our – um on our dream we had a fight team and i used to go uh be on the ringside with them and also as a fan and watching it and i just remember like that's how i felt watching this show i was like watching it. I'm like get get his hand get, get get that position go go yes there you uh-huh, go get uh-huh. on top get on top yeah like that's how i was watching it. i might not have said it all out loud, but like that was what was going on in my head
1: and um yeah yeah because I- yeah, i'm sitting there going switch level switch legs. Yeah. okay now over into a lot you know over into this no you got to switch your arm over here to get this lock and okay grab his ankle here he'll go right off his feet and da 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 the watch whole the take time down. So, watch the takedown if yep. you're a fan like i'm a fan i'm not somebody who's been trained but i've seen enough to where when you watch the strikes and when you watch everything i'm like i have to remember that what we're watching here and what we're really talking about is what's presented so if i try to present it of just you know, fake MMA. You could also say that about wrestling in general. Oh, it's fake fighting. Well, OK, of course. Yeah, but I want to present it for what it is, because what they were trying to do here, I understand. But yeah, if you're an MMA guy, I think this is where you might try to enjoy a little bit of wrestling on this side. If you're an old school fan, I would say from like 40 and up, you're going to remember there were a lot of wrestling matches that were very close to this. The only difference was there weren't any throws to the corners or the ropes because there wasn't really a lot of top rope offense. I mean it in the early eighties oh, okay, okay. wasn't as it wasn't as prominent as people think it is. Yeah. Uh, I mean it took a long time before someone did a backwards flip off the top rope or off the corner, you know. And then next thing you know, a year or so later, then Vader's doing it at four hundred pounds and I mean it's... so things things change over time for sure. I mean, uh, what's his name? Ricky
0: Steamboat I had the, the chop and the high-flying crossbody, and everyone's like, oh, my God. And then Now yeah. that's like, okay, it's just a simple crossbody. But as you said, the the aerial uh, wrestling has definitely uh, evolved over the last few years. And I think the yes. callback on yours when you said the, the, no blood during Bloodsport, the one thing I did yes. notice, and I actually made a comment to the, the people I was in with was – There was no strike, like not that many strikes. I remember in years past, I used to see like stand up, like kind of like a boxing, kickboxing, where they would actually hit Mm -hmm. each other. Obviously, hold it like sparring. They're not going to hit each other a thousand percent, but they're sparring, trying to get tap each other, make them feel it, and tell the story, and get the same effects as you would do in a regular MMA fight. But that's one Uh thing I noticed was there. This this one was all about actually like uh, wrestling, wrestling, yeah, and jujitsu wasn't really striking. I think that's what kind of Hurt the whole blood sport aspect of it. It was, it kind of did feel a little bit like every single match was kind of focused around the same thing. Like it all had a like focal central point of making sure to get over on the ground and on the mat. And I, I just really missed the striking of it. Cause that's where you used to get the blood, the, Oh shit. Like he really caught him. Was he supposed to really hit him like that? Like the wrestling, it kind of blurred the lines with the strikes. And that's yeah, what made yes. me really involved in, or emotionally involved in the past in blood sports. Or this one was completely, completely different in my opinion, and was g- focused on the ground game. But as you said, as a fan, I love MMA. I love uh, wrestling. You mix both worlds together. I was one of those ones, like sitting on on my hands on my knees and like watching and kind of like moving my head and looking, and see, like okay, get that position. Oh, then you go there. Like I was way more into it than I think I would have been. I, I expected to be. I didn't expect to be that into it. I was way more into it than uh, than I expected.
1: Yeah, I think you're right on that. I've seen other blood sports before, and this was not strike heavy at all. Yeah, yeah this was really an on the ground thing. Um, grapple, grapple, hold, hold, reversal, things like that were going on. This could have been ran by WWE, and I wouldn't have known better. Blood sport, no blood.
0: Better than the WWE Seriously. underground
1: that they had, though. Right, 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 <laughs> right. Yeah, right. But you see yeah, what happened yeah, yeah. uh, yeah. It was so clean. Ah. Uh that it would have passed in any company. Yeah, you if see, I like, was trying to sell. Yes, if I was trying to sell my Bloodsport product, the TV, this would have been what I would have probably approached them with. It was a very clean product for it being Bloodsport. Yeah, that name need That name needs to stay. And maybe next year they need to bring the blood back, uh, please. Either that or maybe have a new name for it. I don't know. Maybe call uh, the L.A. Like the blood call blood call. Blood All the L.A. Fight Club or something. You know what I mean? like. Yeah, yeah. like it. the L.A. fights, but then the L.A. fight. Well, no, you could do both. Not Nothing against doing both. Yeah, true. And back in the day, you used to have a lot of stiff workers. So funny thing I mentioned, Vader, but, you know, you have Stan Hansen, these guys that, I mean, they'd really lay the fuck into you. You had to be a tough man to wrestle with them. I'm not against bringing back the ropes and letting some tougher, stiffer workers work with each other as long as they are okay with being stiff with each other. And that would be a fun fucking wrestling show.
0: Yeah. Like, I mean, that's what sometimes makes some of these matches. uh Same thing with me. Like, Oh, he really hit him. Oh, is he going to get the receipt? Oh shit. He got a receipt. Is shit going to break yeah. down? Nope. They I love professional, receipts. but it told a better story of, you're going to get it and it's going to be coming at you. And Bloodsport's the perfect, as you said, avenue to kind of have that more stiff, uh, stiff workers, because they can in Bloodsport, they could tell a better story than probably what they would be in a traditional wrestling match.
1: And you're right. Okay. Okay. So receipts, you generally get a lot of that handled backstage because people can get a little wild with things, but the most receipts that I've seen in general, are when one wrestler will get a little too chop happy on another and he'll turn his ass around in the corner and he'll chop him up a little bit. I actually saw this in the women's match. Yeah. Where there were uh, chops delivered. I'm like, oh shit, someone took liberties. Yeah. And I, I think it was this one. I, we watched a lot of shows. Right. Uh, yeah,
0: I, I agree with you. I think the, uh, also, too, when they, they kind of, especially the younger wrestlers, they kind of just, they think they need to go a thousand percent and go spot, spot, spot. And then like, they're like, slow the fuck down. No, you're not going to slow down here. Here's this punch. Now you're going to slow the fuck down. Slow like, the fuck down. yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that. I, I, when I see that, too, I'm like, oop, that, that's what you get. Better watch it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But uh, so, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. I was, was going to start describing the first match. And I forgot you didn't even announce it, did you? Nope. Uh, first match is Jeff
0: Cobb and Calder McCall, and both uh, competitors. And this is one thing I love about the whole Bloodsport, they keep track of records and stuff like that. Uh, yes. Both of them are 2-0 and in Bloodsport. And um, yeah, I'll let you take it from there.
1: Sure. So here's what I had realized in this match. I wrote down a bunch of notes and they're quick. It's not a lot of play by play. So Jeff Cobb, the powerhouse. He was a Guam Olympian during the 2004 Athens uh, Olympic. Jeez. Olympics. He fought as a light heavyweight, funny enough, and he was selected as the flag bearer for Guam. Calder McCall. he comes out to Firestarter from the Prodigy back in the 90s. Cool little song. Good choice. The opening first few minutes were Greco-Roman style with Calder having the advantage, which I find was odd that Jeff wasn't in control because Cobb would be the powerhouse that you figure would be the one taking in control on the floor, especially since he's the larger one of the two. Calder went to the ground at one point to challenge Cobb. Cobb answers back a minute later by doing the exact same thing. It didn't look good for Cobb for about the majority of the match. Um... Both roll out at one point and was very wary of the other person while getting back in. Like there were some weird little spots, but back and forth. Eventually Cobb gets the lead back by reversing a flying triangle into a huge slam onto the mat. McCall was knocked out upon impact, and that was our ending in this one. So our winner was Jeff Cobb. The fans were chanting Cobb, Cobb, Cobb. But also, I just want to mention that Cobb was very respectful of McCall in the end, which I also liked. So there's my mouthful on that match. Back that, to you, B.
0: That whole respect thing, I, that's what I really love about Josh Barnett kind of being the one in charge. I, I got to actually talk to Josh Barnett at a Comic-Con one time. He was actually staying in the hotel, that same hotel I was at. And it was after one of the nights, like at midnight, Uh, I went down to the bar, just have like a couple drinks and take it up to the room and go to bed. And he was there. And so I actually bought him a drink and he invited me to go sit at his table with him, his, I don't know if it was girlfriend or wife, and I think his manager. And they were actually just chilling, watching on TV. They were watching, um, some of the, on access TV, they used to have like the minor, like the independent MMA scenes. They'd have MMA companies wrestle uh, or fight on certain nights and uh, so we actually were watching there bullshitting he was asking me about Comic Con blah 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 and then New Japan came on and like I, I kind of just looked at him he's like so how do you think I do on commentary huh and I was like <laughs> pretty good i don't listen to it too often but like he's so humble and like just down like just chill and laughing at himself like his he even goes yeah i it's all right you can say i sucked i'm more of a fighter and a wrestler i'm not one of those lovers and talkers and kind of stuff and uh yeah, and he was yeah. cool but he also has he just is a big dude and he just commands like that respect. That's what I always kind of get from him is he's old school with respect this for sport, respect the wrestling, respect MMA. And especially with his baby blood sport, he's has been offered by, uh, WWE to, mm-hmm. to, uh, run it. And he's like, no, like, cause you guys are going to bastardize it. And this is my baby. I'm going to run it how I want to. And I'm really glad he does it because as you said, at the end, that's kind of one thing he, Mixes in the respect of MMA, while also adding in the theatrics of wrestling. Where not every single time you'll get the handshake, you might get a slap in the face and walk away, or something like that. So, I really enjoyed that aspect of bloodsport and how he runs the whole uh, the whole ship. And I was excited to see Jeff Cobb. I was really excited to see Jeff Cobb during uh, during this show. I really wish we, I could have saw more of him, but. I was kind of shocked, too, the same way where Calder uh, Calder McCall kind of had the advantage on the ground, and that's one thing I was thinking of. That's what Bloodsport kind of does also. It kind of not exposes these fake tough wrestlers or whatnot, but you could say you're a two-time Olympian, whatever, and you could have Calder McCall, who I think is a collegiate wrestler, uh, and yes. you could have them just surprisingly take advantage, and it kind of like... It, Makes it more realistic where you could say you're this and that, but when you're going against a person that's actually what you say you are, you're going to get thrown to the ground. You're going to get exposed as just faking it. And I really like how some of these unknown names, like Colin because I don't know who he is. I don't know if he's an MMA fighter or a wrestler or whatnot. I have seen him on these blood sports, but I legit don't know anything about him. And it, yeah. this could be just one of these tough, badass, like hybrid MMA professional wrestlers. And he took it to town on Jeff Cobb. Sometimes like they really do wrestle on the ground and kind of go at it, shoot style, but they yes. mix in the, the entertainment aspect of well, And that I enjoyed that. And I think Jeff Cobb kind of fits into this world perfectly where, as you said, and I said too, it's a little surprising Calder McCoy hold his, or Calder McCall held his own, but <laughs> he also kind of looks like one person that would be sneaky, like the one person you don't want to mess with at a bar because they don't look too dangerous, but as soon as you piss them off, they're going to, uh-huh. no matter your size. Different story. Exactly, and take control of you. And I I enjoyed this match. I uh, love the whole ending, too, of you just never know how it's going to end, when it's going to end. Like, when he slammed him to the ground, I this one, I was like, oh, it's done. He's done. It's out. It's over. And it was. Right. But there's other yeah. ones I'm like, it's over. It's over. And then, like, they roll over and grab an ankle to kind of like, as in like real MMA, you kind of get knocked to the ground. You kind of just get up and you're fumbling and just trying to grab something to kind of get your energy, get your wits back on and continue on with the fight. And uh, yeah, this was a good first uh, way to start off blood sport. Our second matchup of the evening is another gentleman. I was super excited to see Calvin Tankman going against Eric hammer. And this was short, <laughs> Uh, pretty short. Uh, I just had the records up here. I accidentally fast forwarded it. Um,
1: Pat- Our review is going to go two times to three times longer <laughs> than the match. So I'll keep it short.
0: Yeah. Uh, Calvin Tankman is two and two in Bloodsport, and Eric Hammer is three and oh in Bloodsport. And the same thing. He, this is like the only time I ever see Eric Hammer is in Bloodsport. Um, so it was kind of uh, the size difference was surprising i I definitely yeah, once yeah. again Cobb being bigger than McCall tankman bigger than Hammer, but this is one of those ones where like I view Tankman as just a big guy with like Mike Tyson hands like with the power of the punch, and Eric Hammer's kind of all all around m m a kind of styles what he showed off and the wrestling where he could expose tankman's ground game, and that's kind of what he did during this match and um. I, yeah, I was surprised of how this match kind of played out.
1: I'm a huge Tankman fan. Yep. not going to lie. I'll say it up front. Anybody who's listened knows that he's a hoss, but also he's young. I would say start appreciating him now. He's going to be around a while. He's got a huge upside to him. A lot of personality. He interacts with the fans. He's only going to get more comfortable over time, which just going to make him more entertaining over time. He came out to Hail Mary by Tupac. I really enjoyed that. He was recruited for football by several universities, but he ended up choosing wrestling instead. Eric Hammer also has a background. He came out to destroy everything by hate breed. I'm a metal fan. Thought that was pretty fucking cool. Good shit. Hammer started by trying a leg takedown. It's not easy to do on a big man like Calvin Tankman. I kind of found that an, as an interesting, um, as an interesting, what's the word for it? Strategy. Yeah. Tankman was dominant early. Hammer was overwhelmed, took a count outside the ring to recollect. Tankman with an excellent slam into just a bunch of hammer fists. Hammer was on his back, somehow switched into being on top and a flurry of fists on Tankman. Lots of back and forth. Hammer slapped in an arm bar and Tankman had submitted. So our winner in this one was Eric Hammer. For me, it was an impressive win for a man who's smaller. And just going off of your record, Hammer is now 4-0 and in Bloodsport. Impressive.
0: Yeah, I was shocked on the ending, especially how quick it was, too. But going back to how we were saying, the first round, or first match, this one did start off with the striking. I really liked how they really yes. looked into, like, I thought this was going to be the stand-up fight, and I thought that would be perfect for, obviously, Takeman with the hands, but... Uh, I I didn't know Eric Hammer. I can't remember specifically his blood sport style, like if he is a ground game or stand-up. But I was also thinking, man, he's too small to try to take Tankman down. I don't think he could do it. Like, I'm talking like I'm watching this like as an MMA fighter, like like how I'm processing their strategy. as you said, their strategies and how they're going into it. Um, I thought Eric would be smart to stay on his feet, but then also... That he wouldn't have a choice because that's a big man to take down. And once he got the armbar and Tankman submitted, I was, like, we were all shocked. Like we were like, what? Mm-hmm. Like we all looked at each other, like, what the hell just happened? And Tankman came up, holding it, selling the elbow, and I loved it. And uh, Hammer, I'm glad he has like a spot though in this bloodsport. Like I was going, to, I'm going to talk about uh, Marina Shiffer next next match actually. Um, how there's certain uh, made for it. They're yeah. made for it. I don't, I don't want to say she wrestlers because I don't know if they're wrestlers. Yes. And yeah, I got. I I low key think she was the 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 star of the show and I'll talk about that one next match because that is the next match but seeing a seeing Eric Ham like I'd never seen it I'd never see him anywhere else same thing called him McCoy. so it's like cool seeing the people that are usually this is their one shot at getting access to this many. Uh, to get the platform to perform in front of this many fans and then picking up the victory I think is always cool because I don't see them anywhere else and I don't know when they could kind of get their moment in glory and it's nice seeing them get that moment in Bloodsport. Our next match, as we said, is the third uh, fight match of the evening as Marina Shafir goes against Killer Kelly. And this one I was actually looking forward to just because, yeah, these are Marina's... uh, Got the MMA background. Killer Kelly's got that. I don't give a fuck background. <laughs> like she's just down to <laughs> do whatever and perform the killer. And the everyone's Kelly's going to kill you. Like she's got the look. She's got the the character. She's got the facial reactions as a Killer Kelly. And I think she fits in perfectly for BudSport as well. But after watching this match, holy shit, Marina! This she needs to wrestle this way. Like, she yep, can't be yep. doing this traditional wrestling bullshit. I'm sorry. Like, as we say, like, Soya Wreck, we really think her strength is the death match stuff, and she should kind of stay away from more traditional wrestling. I'm going the same way with Marina. She needs to stick to these kind of MMA-style strikes, yep. ground game, and everything, because they, I've never seen... I, I don't see much of her, and when I have seen her on AEW, I am not yeah. impressed. I'm not a fan of it. It's just not for me, because I think it's she's one way trying to do something else. That's not what she feels co- her comfort. But I, after seeing this, I did see another match of hers, uh, during this week. And I think she had for a W she is starting incorporating way more MMA style fighting into her wrestling. And I think that's what she absolutely needs to do because this was the best by far I've ever seen Marina and killer Kelly as well. Like not the best of killer Kelly. i like, she she's good. I, I like her a lot too. Um, like I just the, like seeing her wrestle. Yeah, I she's got pass. good. No, she's got like really good matches and like impact and uh, some yeah, of the stuff yeah. that she was doing in WWE. I, I kind of, the brief time that she was there, I, I enjoyed. I just like her, the demeanor The kind of reminds me, like I want to see her in Jani Kai. That's one and that's another wrestler we were kind of talking about yeah. where she is Bloodsport. She has wrestled Bloodsport and we were kind of shocked. Like they could have put her in this match too against either one of them and that would have killed. And I want to see kind of Jani Kai and Killer Kelly because they both got that facial reactions, the look. The, I'm gonna kill you, and it, it, it's just awesome. And um, this was by far the best Marina I've seen. She just looks so comfortable. She looks so happy too. Like at the end of the match, you could kind of uh-huh. see her, like like the the enjoyment and her happiness was all in her face. And she kind of like sat on the ring and kind of just looked around, like yeah, this is this is what I need to kind of go back to. Like I don't think she could go back to MMA. And like, why would you? are gonna pay. You're getting paid a lot more to do fake shit and a lot less. Uh, strain on your body than real mma but if she could find some way to incorporate what she did during this blood sport into her uh aw career i think that's what's going to help her get to the next level in my opinion
1: yeah i okay so my exact note on shafir and blood sport i put if there were more blood sports i would say this event was made for shafir this is this is what we both came up with independently she shined so much in this match that we both seen it. So I believe it's always a team effort, but yeah, she, she killed it in this and I was really happy. And again, did I mention I'm a killer Kelly fan. <laughs> so I really did, you know, I was pulling for her in this one, but yeah, Shafir was undefeated in blood sport. She was coming in here. She's a killer. She's fucking crazy to watch. She's damn good at what she does in that ring there from Moldova fighting out of Moldova um also then killer kelly she came out very nonchalant and ended up very serious right before the match began so you could actually see her face change instantly on camera a um god bless portugal she's out of portugal a former wxw champion also if you look on her boots she has this cool killer instinct style k on her boots it's not mortal kombat you nerds it's Killer Instinct. So I just wanted to let you know that she even put a lot of thought into that to where Killer Kelly has the Killer Instinct K. So pretty cool.
0: Yeah, that's a Ash. little mashup. I like crossovers. I didn't think, of, I didn't, I'm not a big Killer Instinct fan. I know of it and played it right, as a right. kid, but I don't, I haven't followed it and played it in a long time, but that's a cool, yeah, mismatch. And I'm awful. I love that <laughs> kind of shit. Like crossovers, you got me in almost any kind of crossover that I, between two things I love, like this Bloodsport, MMA and wrestling. I think that's why I enjoyed this so much.
1: Yeah, yeah. So Shavira takes over early. She's very dominant in this match. She beats on Kelly outside the ring and she barely gets back in. Kelly came off untrained in this style of wrestling and fighting. She did have her time in minutes three and four, but it looked like there were times where I think Kelly was not possibly maybe sometimes trained. She may not have had training classically in MMA before, and maybe she had. But I felt like there were times where she was trying to get something done that didn't get done. And that just may be Shafir fighting back and I didn't see it properly. But I felt there were times where she's going, OK, what's next? What's next? And she was thinking about it on the fly and what you should be doing in these kind of matches.
0: And I, I have oh. the same feeling like I thought Killer Kelly has been trained. I thought I've seen like what, like her packages in. And- well, I mean, I guess you can make anything look like that. I'm going to sound real well, stupid here, but like maybe the video she, packages, maybe she has. yeah, I'm thinking like the video packages. I remember seeing of her like in NXT, and, bro. I and, thought Impact. Mr.
1: Perfect catches own throw. Ah, yeah, video
0: right? packages exactly. show you a lot. So I, I thought she was way more, as you said. Like no, you, you said, might be trinch. You said everything. I thought. I thought she was more trained, but then watching this, it looked like. Wow. it's either, Well, I mean, Marina is a it's former not, UFC fighter, not, too.
1: So exactly that's two it's different just, levels of training there. Well, that's OK. So great point. Um, it doesn't matter how good I can dance. I'd look like shit up against a professional ballroom dancer.
0: Yep. That's yeah. that's kind of I, mean, I had that same absolutely
1: thought. Absolutely stupid compared to someone who's a pro in that exact discipline. So that's why I'm saying. It might just be a fact of you have a classic professional wrestler up against a classic MMA fighter, and she's doing what she can to try to fight somebody in their arena. MMA.
0: Yeah, I enjoyed this. Uh, me and you I had almost everything the exact same way. I thought I was yeah, watching this. Man. I was like, I want Killer Kelly to kill Marina because, like I said, I haven't been impressed with the Marina. No, like just not for me. And i and. Aew, Um, but right away, like once the first couple strikes were started, I was like, Kelly's not holding her hands upright. She's not like blocking it right. Doesn't look like she actually really is trained. Or as you said, maybe it's been a while since she has trained. But I was like, okay, the the difference right now in. This kind of technique and blood sport was totally in Marina's advantage real fast right, right, how I right. came noticing. I'm like, uh oh, Kelly, Kelly's gonna lose, I think. But I'm like, no, she's gonna get it. And
1: yeah, <laughs> no, Marina, no, she got her ass whooped on this one, and that's okay. And I
0: like I said, I'm not a giant fan. I I'm not really a fan of Marina, just not for me. But after this match, if she could do what she did here in AEW, I would be more likely to stay in her matches instead of clicking away because I haven't seen too much in AEW, but this was very impressive. And I'm so glad because I know she gets a lot of shit online. I've seen her like whenever she does have these matches or she does mess up, like it kind of, they jump on her a lot. And I don't know if that's just because she's Roderick Strong's wife or something like uh, I think, she, yeah, uh, she's Roderick Strong's wife. I don't know if they just kind of jump on that and the AEW hate and blah, blah, blah. But I I kind of have the say, like, I don't hate it, but like, I agree. Like, yeah, you're not as good. But seeing her in this thing she was so happy i i think she maybe found her niche maybe she could start doing this a lot more and elevate her career uh more in aew based off of this kind of style wrestling but killer kelly did an awesome job of making her look good as well like with the facial reactions and how she reacted to all these things that marina was doing i think it kind of even showed the fans like killer kelly's like surprised marina had this in her and it was a great showcase uh Marina and I think Kayla Kelly did her job as well during this match to help elevate Marina. That will lead us to my main event, but it is only the fourth match of the evening. Koda Ibushi going against Speedball Mike Bailey. And I like, here's my first, I, I didn't even take a note, but once I saw your time on this and I saw it on Cage Match, like, uh. Six minutes. I swear to yeah. God, it felt like a twenty-minute fucking classic. Like yeah.
1: it was. Time time slowed down. Holy shit! Yeah.
0: Yes, I I loved this match. It was everything I loved it. I was kind of hoping and thinking maybe they would push the boundaries of Bloodsport and have it kind of be like. Little bit go crazy just kota Ibushi doing some shit off of like the that's top spot that where the projection was. I was saying I was out I was hoping for a little yeah, bit yeah more of a start off MMA, but then like both of them like all right, fuck it. We're like we're here. This might be the only time we can face each other. Let's get crazy and do some crazy shit. Cause Koda Bushi yes. can do some crazy shit. It didn't stay that way. Obviously, it was a more traditional blood sport, but I'm so glad it did because Abushi. I think his emotions afterwards of him like almost crying and just being so grateful for the fans cheering for him as loud as they did and getting his, this reaction in the States on a non-big company, quote unquote, not AEW, but WWE, but the love that th- th- us as a crowd gave him, I think that really did move him and... You could just see how grateful he was to get that sort of reaction. And like I said, it wasn't even during this. It was more so during the first entrances that I've... That was the loudest Coda chant I've heard. And it was amazing. The fans were into it. The match delivered. had one kind of crazy spot. And I was kind of like, "Uh uh-oh. Like, luckily... I, I at the beginning of this card, I sat in the my with my friends, and then at the end, I kind of had to go back. And right before this match, I think it was when I went back to my chair, and there was a spot when they do like kind of fall to the outside. Kodabushi falls, and like he looks like he lands on his head, and right away, like in that, as you said, time stops or goes moves so slow. When he fell, I'm like, oh no, oh no, Jesus, don't get hurt now at GCW with your neck. No, no, no. And then he landed luckily on his hands. But sold it as his head. But like I saw everybody, yeah, that everybody that couldn't see because it, it went out of vision for them. Like my friends on the outside, they're looking at me for my reaction because if I freak out, then they know something really bad happened. But I looked at right. them. I'm like, okay, okay, it was his hands. He's good. His neck is good. And I think I would definitely want to see Kota Bushi in a, another blood sport. I think he's just so fit to do any kind of style of wrestling, fighting, any sort of stuff, combat.
1: I want to see K- Kota Bushi in. Give me three people in GCW you want to see Kota Ibushi go up against.
0: Vikingo? Um, I don't I even mean, know. It's not really
1: GCW. Fantastic. But, but that's no, my no, one. No. That's but
0: the he, one after He's really been regular enough. Yeah. He's
1: been regular enough the last four or five months. Um, um
0: Let's see. I, I actually would like to see him in a match with Ninja speed Mac. Ball. Speedball. And obviously. And yeah. run it
1: back. These In a need traditional. To run it back.
0: Yeah, so 20, yeah. 20 minute traditional wrestling. I'll I be all for it. Um, ooh, that's a tough one. I'm trying to think of someone like outside the box shit, just so a, a way he could show like all the shit that he could really do. Like I know it's not death match, but I kind of want to say Nick Gage. Like Nick, if Nick is moving like how he's moving, still like Nick Gage and Kota Bushi would be a fun match. I think have it more extreme with the tables, the doors, the chairs. Maybe not light tubes, but maybe Kota could do like a surprise light tube on Gage, but not take a light tube. Um, I would be all for. Those uh I only give two or three? That's a two. tough one. I'm trying to
1: think of yeah, Ninja Mac, Gage. Oh, fuck, a third we one. You have people like Commander that could do it. Um, you have for our difference, you could put someone like Shane Mercer. That's in there. who
0: I was originally. He thinking He would be stiff of. as fuck. Yeah, All I don't. Right, I think the, the level. Time. I think the level of wrestling there. Would be too bad. That's why I didn't say Mercer. Mercer was up the one of the first names I thought of.
1: Yeah, I would. Uh, you know, I really didn't expect him and Janela. And that ended up being pretty good.
0: Yeah, that ended up being really good. Um, man, that's a tough one. I'm trying to think off the top of my head, like, like actual like to see. Okay. Who up against,
1: um, Blake Christian and Abushi would just be good to of. see because Blake Blake can deliver.
0: Mercer and Blake were the really the first two names I thought of. I'm like, no, Mercers hate like just Abushi. Just on another level. Blake Christian would be fun, but I want to see like a bigger name other than that. But as you said, it would be a great match. So the ones like I just outside the box think engage would be a fun one, and uh, Ninja Mac just to see them all do the flippy shit. But mm-hmm. yeah, this match
1: was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just trying to I'm think, trying to think if there's anyone. Uh, you see, like th- it would be a mismatch with Gringo. I just feel like it would be too much of a mismatch. They're they're good in different ways. Yeah. But putting them together might be a little like Koto wants to wrestle, and you know. He's more flippy.
0: I want to say Miedo. and Miedo. The way he had his match against Speedball in Vegas, that was good. Like that was I, that was really good, actually. Okay, like, no, both couple- of
1: those brothers are fucking solid.
0: Yeah, I would. I just for traditional wrestling, I would like to see Miedo because I think he could. I think Abushi would still be ahead of him, but I think uh, I know. I mean, not thinking. I know Abushi would be ahead of Miedo, but I think Miedo would be able to hold his shit because he had this real good match with Speedball, and I didn't. I knew yeah. he had that in him, but I didn't know if we could, we'd be seeing that just as much
1: as he's worked. So I think Mieta would be my third my third opponent I'd pick. So I'm with you. This was a highly anticipated match. This was the match of the show in my mind too. Hate to say it, not hate to say it at all. It's just, it was in the middle of the show. So be it. Speedball was out first. His music is just fun. Great choice. Brass Monkey by the Beastie Boys. He has a background in Taekwondo. Before Ibushi even has a chance to come out, we're hearing the Ibushi chants Through I mean, he didn't have a chance to come up to the curtain. I'm sure he was probably already hearing his name. He's back in wrestling since his 2021 G1 finals injury against Okada. He had a nasty shoulder injury. The ref had to stop the match. Ibushi has a background in karate. So let's see here. Yeah, go ahead. I thought of a new gonna name. Alec Price. Okay. You know, Alec, Alec Price, Price is Ibushi young, would be fun. but I think Ibushi could pull a lot out of, could pull the best out of him, and they could be fantastic together. I really, I think that, I think that, yeah, I think you're looking at body type and capabilities and athleticism and everything, aren't you?
0: I yeah. Like speed and too, like speed wise, I think because yeah. Ibushi's fast as shit too, and Alec Price got hops for days up, <laughs> and his speed whenever he runs a rope is incredible
1: too. I think that would be another fun match. Um I'm trying to think of some other people that have put on some good matches that you know like Mance Warners put on some good matches Jordan Oliver's putting on good matches Yeah I'd be curious to see how they do Yeah Jordan versus Cody would be I think
0: pretty good too like I think it would be I'm just I'm trying to think stylistically
1: like too I I, I that would be good Do you think do you think Cody's faster than Oliver?
0: Yeah I think yeah, Cody yeah, I, I think so too. I think Coda just the, no shot on the GCW roster is like a step above everybody. I think that's why it's such a big deal. They're able to bring him in. Um,
1: well, I, that's why it's difficult for us to pick, you know, people someone to stay the with them. Do yeah. it because, because holy shit, that's a lot to work with. And a lot of our guys are building, building, building and on their way up. But they're not, some of them just aren't at Ibushi's level yet. And that's okay.
0: And Jordan, I like, I didn't, I, I don't want to say I didn't think he was on their level yet. I just don't think... Since he's improved so much over the year, I'm kind of glad he got to showcase against Biff Busick, Bandito, uh, Jonathan yeah. Gresham. I like how he got to wrestle all these big names, and he held his fucking own. Alex Coglin, like he held his fucking yeah, own with all those was, people. So yeah, great. I think with his improvement, absolutely, Jordan versus Cota would be a banger.
1: Okay, so speaking of Mercer too, if Mercer were to somehow get injured and we needed a replacement, Coglin would be somebody that I would a hundred percent put in his position because he's just chiseled. He's strong. He's somebody that you can depend on to be just strong as hell. And it looks like he can pick up anybody that's come across his waist. Before. I'd have loved to have seen him try to pick up somebody like Burnett. Oh, Charles yeah. Burnett Would have been a really interesting guy, but I bet you he could do it. No problem. Yeah. Dude, dude, it really worked well too. on his body. Yeah, he is. You he, could just tell. You could see it, man. That's just like a chunk of heavy meat. He's not Pero, like just thick and bounce off him. But he's just
0: like he's right below Perro. Um, another name I, th- I was saying, Abushi to uh Drew Parker. I would like to see a traditional Drew Parker versus Abushi. Maybe even get a little crazy with like tables and shit and see what kind of magic those yeah. two could do together.
1: This would... Okay. That match would be a great first step forward after Parker gets out of Deathmatch. Oh my God, yeah. You know, put yourself on the map by really putting out a banger right off the bat. Here's what I really wanted to do and then fucking do it. Yeah. All right, so... There was a huge ovation for Ibushi when he was announced because of his return. Both men show respect. There's holy shit chance when the bell rings. It was very strike heavy the first minute. He had both these guys' chance. Minute two was mostly holds. Minute three, Bailey was in control. Uh, Bailey had great defense also minute four, Ibushi kind of thrown outside the ring. Ibushi comes back in and starts beating up Bailey. This is the spot you were talking about yep. where he got thrown out and people going, oh shit, please not on the shoulder. I legit,
0: like I get like that when I know wrestlers injuries, concussions, neck injuries, leg, like any sort mm-hmm. of action like that happened. Like even right now, like Brian Danielson, like still some of the shit or Adam Cole the other day too, with he coming back from concussion taking major bumps and shit right to the head. I'm like, ah, uh, don't do that yet. Please wait till a couple more months where I feel more comfortable. Right. Right. But I was like, I actually kind of freaked out, but then I saw his hands hit the ground first. I was like, oh, thank God. Cause I was, right, I right. legit that, that minute or that two seconds of him falling felt like 30 seconds to a minute. Where I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, minute five Bailey rallies back attempts a cross armbar, then double knees into abushi's chest. abushi breaks it into a waist lock. Minute six, speedballs outside the ring. Ibushi holds on, lifts him from the floor, picks him back up into the ring, and lifts him over his head into a suplex, which was an absolute impressive show of strength by Ibushi, which ends up giving us Ibushi chance again. I hope everyone's seeing when they hear what I'm saying here that Ibushi seems to be the thing that everybody's just like, wow.
0: Yeah, that like I said, I the crowd was just all for him. But like I, I it's not that he's not good. Like he's tremendous. He's up there in talent. I just think his, how his how he shows his appreciation, how much it really means to him. I think that's what makes it easy for us fans to get further behind him because he's willing to do all this shit. And like I said, he chose us. Like that's how I felt watching him. He chose us. We were like we felt wanted. Like he wanted to come to us as his comeback. And I think that's just such a cool thing that all of us got to experience. I was texting like those guys I hang out with, like, do you know that th- I-, I laid out like 10 names of talent. We just saw, like do you understand right. all the great and amazing talent. We got to see, we got to see Takeshita, Koda, Speedball, Eddie Kingston, Junakiyama, Nick Gage, like, that's just six right off the top of my head. Like, those are incredible mm-hmm. names and so diverse and different. And we got to see all of that during Collective Weekend. And, man, the Collective was such a great experience, man. I, I, <laughs> I know, I can't. I just yeah, keep saying yeah. it
1: because it just it absolutely was. Well, understandable. You got your money's worth. That's for damn sure. Oh, my God, yeah. So our ending to this. Ibushi hits a regalplex on speedball into a V-trigger. Funny thing. Yes, <laughs> into a V-trigger. Our winner here was Kota Abushi. I could have watched a fuck ton more than six minutes and 54 seconds. Like you said, you were so invested, time stopped. I,
0: I, I'm not joking. Like, I was going to make a comment of that when I was talking about the Bushi falling, because I know that's what you said, time stopped. Like, that is, like, the perfect feeling and, like, how it was. Like, I I honestly thought this was a 20-minute match. I'm not exaggerating. I'm not just trying to play it up because I was there. Like, it, it felt like a crazy big... Like, I told you, right after this match, I had to, like... Tito versus Yumiora, I wanted to see, but there was, like, a little time uh, during their entrances. I w- After this match, I went up to the bar because I'm at Josh Barnett's Bloodsport. He's selling, like, this double-barreled whiskey-slash-beer that was super, like... High in alcohol. It tasted pretty good. Not great. Not horrible. But it tasted different. But I was like, I'm at Josh Barnett's Bloodsport. I just got to see Kota Bushing Speedball, which I think was, for me, the match of the weekend. How incredible it was. Like I said, it felt like 20 minutes. Like, when in Rome, I am going to have a Josh Barnett beer. Like, I I just have to <laughs> get the, enjoy the moment. And it was like, it was like you're sipping it. It's like, yeah, this is the good life. Like, I'm just drinking enjoying myself. Like, what did I just see? Like it's a feeling it was what do you like
1: what do what liquor do
0: you like drinking i, I usually Michael, drink we'll go- talk about that too for a second golden road uh they they do like um mango carts and different like uh pineapple car or pineapple no but or, i mean
1: for like liquor though uh i like so like more rum more vodka i'm more a whiskey, whiskey person
0: more. i'm, I'm, I'm really? i like pendleton if i have to if i have my choice i pick okay. pendleton it's like not a scotch whiskey yeah kind of a scotch whiskey um Okay. also i've been into i know it's gonna sound weird a lot more uh, cognac and henny lately <laughs> like i've been enjoying you. that yeah but i just had yeah. to like win and roll you feel like
1: rich like rich when you drink that stuff like yeah. i'm drinking
0: like, I, I like sipping like before i never used to do i always used to I, like mix it with coke or whatever but we yeah. went over to yeah. a co-worker's house and her husband had a had like this canadian i think it was like canadian hunter or something like that whiskey and um. he like Poured it and gave it to me. I'm like, at first in my head, I'm like, "Where's the damn soda? I'm not drinking this straight." You kidding me? And then I'm like, "All right, I can't be a little pussy I gotta just sit there and sip it." And like, this is cool. I like today. I can just sit there, relax, take a sip, enjoy it. So now that's what kind of what I do. I just like kind of just sip and watch wrestling and enjoy myself and uh, enjoy the drink. And the Josh Barnett drink, like I said, a lot of people like this is the most disgusting thing I ever tasted. It wasn't like to me. It was just in the middle. It was unique, but not great, not bad. It was. It was totally, hilarious. yeah, a totally different taste. But like I said, when in Josh Barnett's Rome and Bloodsport, I had to just after that match and just something it. like, like, yeah, just yeah, it was just a moment that I had to sit there and enjoy. And I Bailey, as you said earlier, Speedball had the weekend out of everybody that I could possibly think of this WrestleMania weekend. I can't think of a better performer or someone that worked just as hard and had the highest profile matches out of anybody the whole collective weekend. And I'm glad because he delivered on every single one, just like how he has been in GCW, not had a bad match since he's been here. And I'm so glad he was able to work with all these big names because he's absolutely deserved it on the indie scene.
1: We're hoping to see more and more and more. That's for damn sure.
0: I want to see more Coda, like whatever you guys, whatever Brett GCW has to do. Like, I think he might be willing to work GCW because he looks so happy, but like, so
1: like I said, just, um, experiencing our fans is something that the wrestlers want to do when they come to gcw
0: and look at what will osprey osprey said i heard about you guys you guys are one of the the, you guys were a crazy bunch but holy fuck you guys are out there like you guys are incredible like that that's just cool like like (laughs) it's cool when we get the love from these big name wrestlers because as you said they're choosing to come to us they want to come to gcw and experience the crowd the the environment and everything else and i'm it's a cool thing to see. And it kind of, now I'm, as I'm talking it out, it kind of feels more like an old school GC or ECW where some of these yeah. wrestlers that left all these other promotions, like they might be on the downswing of their career, but look at, them, look at the cool shit that ECW is doing over there. They're doing something unique. Those fans are crazy. Let's go check it out. And then they do it. They're like, wow. like, And like, uh-huh. that's a good thing about us fans. We're so knowledgeable. I think a lot of the GCW fans are knowledgeable where we give all these legends their flowers, their chants, their ovations. So that way we do want to see them come back and, they feel like we, they, these fans actually really do love them and appreciate them more than what they might have gotten from more casual WWE or AEW
1: fans. Yeah, I really do feel like GCW has some of the best fans out there, period. I just, you know, I, I, maybe I'm a little slighted in that right. opinion, but I really do feel like if... <laughs> you would be impressed by something different at each company's show. Yeah. But with gcw there's just so many things that a lot of people did not know existed in wrestling being done that it's just so damn fun So i don't know i mean yeah that's one thing i want to tell you i'm sure you know is around the wrestling world wrestlers want to come over here to gcw and perform because they just want to have that feeling with everybody pushing them all at one time and basically how wrestling was
0: and Real, I, yeah, and I think with Coda coming over, that might be one in Vikingo. Like, we got one of the top Japan wrestlers, if not the top Mexican wrestler in Mexico. Like, they're all coming to GCW. That's just going to make all these other big names that are free. And if they have the time to come out and do something with GCW, they're going to want to do that because they see how us fans and how the company treats them as legends and puts them on the pedestal that. They think they deserve, probably, and they absolutely do deserve, that we show them the same respect and appreciation that they show us after uh, experiencing GCW fans for the first time. That will lead us into our fifth matchup of the evening. And like I said, I stepped away to the to go get my Josh Barnett's, and I totally missed this whole Chavo coming out. I remember hearing Chavo's name, but I didn't know he came out. I thought that he was just in the in the stands, but yep, they, he's in the ring now. I forgot what he does because I was too busy getting my drink. I think he just kind of ch- ch- uh, said some stuff about GCW and how much he likes Josh Barnett because I, every I always see Chavo Guerrero with Josh Barnett at all these comic cons uh, when I was going to. They would always kind of be in the same panels
1: in the same. Uh, spots and everything as well. I didn't really report it because it wasn't GCW related and it really wasn't one of the wrestling matches. They brought out a gentleman and they kind of honored him. Can't remember who he was. I believe he was somebody who had MMA or uh, some type of a background in that. They were honoring him. But a lot of his highlight reel was like 90s or oh, early 2000s yeah 2000s yeah, yeah. kind of thing. Okay, that I remember seeing who this came guy out, now. So
0: Okay. I forgot his name. But I do remember seeing this part when he came. I think that's when I did see him. Uh, come out so our fifth matchup of the evening is bad dude tito versus yoya uh, oh my god sorry yoya Yoya, that, that, that's, that's another Bloodsport person i really would like to see you in Bloodsport as well um yoya yumura versus bad tito and this i just expected to be a just straight stiff fest between both of these are totally yeah, japanese yeah. mma slash wrestling match and that's pretty much what we got i think this is also a good environment for bad dude tito because he just looks like he needs to be somewhere where he needs to fight and this is the perfect situation and um platform for him to do so at Bloodsport.
1: so yuya is an amateur wrestler that's his background from new japan tito is much larger he is a heel here yuya's background shows very quickly in this match tito targeted yuya's neck a lot Minutes two through four was grappling. Minute five was hard hitting action, including a Yuya dive to the outside on Tito. Tito slaps in an ankle lock on Yuya. Grape finds the legs and Yuya taps at only five minutes. That's our ending and our winner is bad dude Tito. The only thing I put here was that it was a fun match between the two because it was five minutes. It was like bite size. It was a bite size (laughs) match. No one's ever happy with just bite size. I could have seen more of them go at it, but... It is what it was. Five minutes and what, five, six, seven, eight seconds, maybe? Yeah. So,
0: and yeah, that, that was all it was, but it, it did the job. And another surprising result, in my opinion, I thought Yuya would uh, pick up the victory over uh, Bad Dude because I I just picture Bad Dude like a Street Fighter that's down to do whatever and willing to do whatever to win. And Yuya, as you said, is a more traditional, uh, the kind of Greco style uh, wrestling and, um, yeah, I was actually shocked. Like, I didn't know, like, this was good. I didn't, I think I was still coming down off the high off of Bushi versus uh, Speedball. Like, I, that could have right, been it right. for me. Like, I, I was actually kind of surprised. Surprised it wasn't the main event just because of the name value and how much the fans were really looking forward to that match. But Speedball, I know, probably had another show to do in an hour somewhere else <laughs> after that match. So he had to go. Um, but yeah, it was a good match. I don't really have too, too many memories of this match. I, I totally even forgot who won during this match until uh, reading your results because I was I was just still so in shock of what I just saw. But I'm kind of glad Tito gets to kind of have these matches against these bigger names and how he's working more with New Japan as well because dude dude's been working all over like. LA for the longest bad time. dude. Yeah, back to Tito. <laughs> and yeah, it kind of makes sense too. They could play this into some sort of story in New Japan with Tito picking up this victory over Yuya. The sixth matchup of the evening is Harry Smith going against J.R. Kratos. Nice seeing Harry Smith back. I, I was a big, big British Bulldog fan back in the day. And yes. I loved Harry Smith when he was teaming with Tyson Kidd in WWE. And I really liked how. Uh, his New Japan stuff that he was doing with Lance Archer too was awesome working with uh, Suzuki and chaos. Um, I enjoy, I enjoy Harry Smith's just whole career. I was, I, I think a couple of, like last year or the year before he's supposed to go back to WWE and did like a little tryout and stuff. And I thought he was for sure going to go back, but he didn't. Um, mm. But I'm glad he's still doing stuff with New Japan because I, I do appreciate watching him and seeing someone his size and his like experience with wrestling growing up in it. He still can go and still provides a lot of stuff uh, to New Japan. And JR Kratos is just it's very similar to Bad Dude Tito, just someone you don't want to see in an alleyway. It's like, nope, I am walking the other way because I know you're yeah. going to kick my ass. And Bloodsport is the perfect way to get the best and most out of JR, J.R. Kratos, in my opinion. And uh, this match did get a longer time, which was kind of surprising based off of all these other matches, only getting. 10 or six, five, seven minutes. This one got almost eleven minutes. And um I thought they they had a lot of high impact moves. Like every time someone hit the mat, like you could just see and hear the the boards impact, crashing underneath. Yeah. Yeah, and you could see like the ring shaking and like that. It felt like two big Ben were in there. Your hosses, it felt like one of those hoss fights, and it was a, I love it. It was fun. Yes, it was a fun matchup
1: so harry smith he is five and one his only loss in blood sport was to john moxley i really didn't honestly notice his height before but once i really saw him go out there and walking around i went yeah that's that's a wrestler size wrestler i was also a big fan of the british bulldog i grew up watching him so i actually sent him a message on the passing of his dad like the anniversary of the passing of his dad gosh I don't know how long ago it was. And I basically wrote him a little note and been like, Hey, you know what? Just appreciate it. What your dad did. You have no idea. Maybe how many millions of people we touched with his work and so on and so forth. I just told him that, uh, you know, I'm a dad now. So I think the only thing that makes sense is just to tell him that I hope that he understands that I'm sure his dad's proud of him. Oh yeah. has to be. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Harry Smith product of the heart family dynasty. He is from the heart family dungeon. This dude can take punishment. I think on any other day, he's someone that would be really, really, really hard to beat in the real wrestling, uh, the real uh, amateur arena. J.R. Kratos, he's 4-2, and two, big boy, huge fucking back on him. Extremely tough looking. He's performed with NJPW, the NWA, and AAA, or as Brent likes to say, A. <laughs> Both men are huge. Grappling affair for the first few minutes didn't get back to both men standing until about minute three. They were really on the ground grappling for a long time. It was a very technical match with holes. Everything between the two had been one-upmanship between like the technique. They would show, oh, I could do this. Well, I could do this. And, you know, it was was an ego thing. Five minutes in and there really hasn't been any standing punches or kicks. Six minutes in and both men are up and (laughs) exchanging punches. Minute seven, Kratos is wearing down from the ground strikes. One of the announcers keeps calling him Davey Boy Smith. Kratos has a last-minute rally in an attempt to change the tide. There was a last-minute exchange of punches, but Harry locks in a crossface for the end. So that had our winner in this match being Harry Smith. And Kratos, like,
0: he was huge before. I, I'm not watching it back. Like, even live, like I, I looked like he slimmed out good and, like, kind of toned up, but now He's watching it on... His back. Yeah, now watching it on, like, the Fight TV Plus, like... Dude got, like, even wider. Like, it seemed like he got bigger and wider, but also leaner. And I didn't notice that in live in person. But, yeah, um, he's also one. Like, when I first saw him, I was like, okay, he's a big boy. And he's also, like I said, he's toned down and got himself in better shape. But he was just always big old muscles anyway. And I think this is another perfect avenue for him to kind of showcase what he could really do. But he's also just like Bad Tito. He's getting more work in New Japan, which is awesome to see. And, um. I wanted this one when I was watching this to kind of be like a Texas catch can, like let's just slam each other on the ground and who could do the hardest impact suplexes. Oh, or, I like that idea. Like just actually like have an actual wrestling match without running the ropes and doing all that stuff. Just like fight for a position for a power bomb slam fight for a position for a pile driver slam. Like that's what I kind of really wanted to see. But these two had a great, like I said, had a uh, great match. And every time that the body hit the mat, you just saw the ring bounce and, the impact it made, and I think that's what kind of Bloodsport does a very good job too. With it, I don't know if like the ropes have anything to do with it, but uh, like the seeing how much the mat really just makes that much more noise and uh and moves during these Bloodsport, I, that's the one thing I noticed around I think it was right around this match, if not the match before with uh Yuya and Bad Tito. And I'm glad to see Harry Smith pick up the win, obviously. I'm glad I was happy too, he wore the the. Uh, England, the flag on the on his knee pads and boots in the can- on and one the and Canada, yeah, and then the bulldog. Like the, the, I loved that was my I think that's what I really loved about British bulldog was his outfits. I loved when he had the long pants with the tassels. I loved when he had the shorts with with the tassels, the boots. Like I just really loved his whole presentation, the cape, the dog. Oh man, like I loved it all. And like Davy Smith is still kind of keeping that going on, and I uh, love to see. And I think Let's that was my here. first time
1: seeing him in person. There we go. I changed my lights to the Union Jack. I've got red, white, and blue behind. Oh, nice.
0: There. That, <laughs> that, now for the British better. Bulldog. <laughs> okay. But good match. I, I enjoyed it. Like I said, uh, I'm surprised I got the 10 minutes. But they uh, they delivered and had an entertaining match. For the seventh matchup of the evening. It is Johnny Bloodsport, which I love. What the hell are you laughing at? So Johnny, the Johnny Bloodsport. I love the Johnny Bloodsport. Oh, yeah? I, I love it. Uh, going against Royce Isaacs. And this is one... <laughs> what did you think I was laughing at? I didn't know, oh, okay. but you were
1: really, like, loving it. Johnny
0: like, Bla- I, the okay, so happen? I'll tell you the one, what was really making me laugh. The person behind us was like, isn't that Johnny uh john morrison why they call him johnny bloodsport and then we we were telling them like oh like wherever he goes he's johnny elite he's johnny impact he's uh well he's johnny wherever he goes and he's like i never noticed that i'm like how do you not notice that but you know who john morrison is like that i mean that is probably the most famous of his but I really enjoyed how he. I
1: enjoy how he well, his name up. That's a non GCW fan.
0: Yeah, and that's uh, he was uh, kind of he tagged started tagging along with us at the end, and he was talking to me and saying like how this was his first shows, so he didn't know what to expect, and his mind was just blown by how well it's been going. Like he even said, "It these shows kind of feel like a WWE AEW show, but with a louder and more intent crowd that really knows what they're doing because there's not it's more adults than kids." And I was like, yeah, that's what kind of GCW does. Um, they they rely on the fans to so know their shit, and most of them do. And if not, like kind of right now, we can help you out, and we get you on board because the more the merrier here yep. on the GCW yep. train and uh, just seeing his enjoyment and his excitement during this, this card specifically was uh, fun to see, especially telling him the Johnny Bloodsport name.
1: So Johnny Bloodsport, I was just getting ready to say, <laughs> yeah, look at that in song. my notes. Oh my I God. love the name switches, face it. No, this is great. This is great. We're on the same level here. Isaac was quicker than I expected. He hung with Johnny for quite a while. Most of the match was on the ground in some form form of a hold. I feel like there were times where one or both men were confused on what they were doing. I'm so sorry, but I kind of had that at times. Again, if you see MMA enough, you're going to see it. Um, I could hear the crowd, but the match did almost slow down in periods. I don't know why. Maybe it was just because of me, but I love Johnny Bloodsport but this took away a lot of what makes him special, the ropes. So we're in a situation where he's he's the jumper, the bounce off of this guy, the run-up this guy, and it kind of neutered him to a degree, and it brought him down to a different level. But in the end still, Johnny did tap out Royce. Our winner was Johnny Bloodsport. I still stand by my statement, though, that... (laughs) Uh (laughs) I... It just wasn't it. It's just it wasn't John Morrison.
0: I agree that I have the same thoughts. I was expecting
1: like what, did, what did, I saw him first it. I like, don't expect him to do that. Like, I don't expect him to do all the flippy shit. Like, how can you do it? See, but I could have just jumped off a fucking post. I, I he could have just. Kicked off a post. That's exactly I know, what I was gonna I know, say. Yeah. I was hoping
0: he'd do the whole Vikingo and try to somehow get on top of the post and do some sort of move. Or I was waiting for him like on the outside, like with Isaacs is down to some do some like parkour dive to the outside since there are no ropes right. to still do right. something kind of cool um with his parkour Starship what makes Pain. him oh my god, that would have been so cool. From the from the ring yeah. to the floor. That would have been cool. And I, I agree. I felt I the same way when this his name was first announced. I'm like, okay, that's interesting. He's he's does he, do, he could do almost anything. He's very talented yeah. and adapts to a lot of these different kind of matches. And I was really expecting to see or waiting, didn't know what to expect uh, watching this match and seeing him. But right away, I was like, yeah, I think he's kind of out of his element here. He's kind of doesn't know what to do if he should lead the dance if isaac should lead the dance uh yes. the striking didn't look too good uh the ground game was fine he i think he used to be a uh, actual wrestler too back in college or um something i remember when he was huh. coming up in wwe i think i remember some some uh hearing some sort of achievement uh like that from him um and i i felt the same way as the match went on i was like yeah, you're kinda like not exposing him, but like you took away what made him special, what makes him unique, and that's the parkour stuff. And maybe this was him just wanted to challenge himself to do something completely different out of his element. And I'm all for that. Like he didn't do a horrible job. I don't think he did a great job, but he did okay. It was it was passable. I was kinda hoping to see a little bit something different for Bloodsport, just expecting something different from Johnny Bloodsport over here. Um <laughs> but unfortunately we didn't get to see it and I think Isaacs did a very good job of kind of helping Morse or Johnny look a little bit better than what he might have should have done. I think he did look out of
1: his element. All right. Let's have some fun. John Morrison, a.k.a. John Hennigan, Johnny Blaze, Johnny Caballero, Johnny Elite, Johnny Fusion, Johnny Hardy, Johnny Impact, Johnny Mundo, Johnny Nitro, Johnny Onyx, Johnny Spade, Johnny Superstar and various others. He is hailed from either Los Angeles, California, or Slamtown, USA. He was trained by Supreme Pro Wrestling and also Ohio Valley Wrestling. His trainers were Al Snow, Bill Demont, and Ivory. Debuted in two thousand two. Good shit. Those are some fun names. I like it. Johnny Caballero.
0: Like last out was his name last year at the World. <laughs> that, that like immediately sent me back to Dallas right there. Um, I, I love how he does that though. It keeps it fresh. It's always entertaining. It keeps it fun and um i like how he did though step out of his element that's not a that's not an easy thing to do and like i said i don't think he did a horrible job i don't think he did a great job but i i think maybe given a little bit more time or practice to come up with some maybe one or two cool spots that are completely different that you wouldn't see in a normal bloodsport match i thought that's what this was i thought that's why they put him in here was to do something that we haven't seen before in these previous matches because it's Johnny freaking Bloodsport—he's known for doing that kind right, of shit. Right. Right. But I—I uh, I, I didn't hate this match. I didn't mind it. Just it, it did feel a little lull in them trying to figure out what to do. Um, but I would definitely like to see him kind of run it back and hopefully get a little bit more time in to kind of practice and maybe even do uh something unique that no one else could do in a Bloodsport ring. Now I they made mean, Ninja Mac look impressive and was able to do some cool stuff in the ring. Where I—I—I'm I, gonna say it. I hate to—I don't even hate to say it. Ninja Mac did way better in his Bloodsport debut or match than John Morrison did, or Johnny Bloodsport. I, yeah, I'm just thinking yeah. about that now. That match, I think he had uh, Willie Mack against Yoya last year, if I remember correctly. Like, yeah, Ninja Mac looked good. Like I, I enjoyed what yeah. I saw from Johnny Mack. Uh, Johnny Mack. <laughs> uh, Mac. I, I almost said Willie Mac. <laughs> Ninja Mac. <laughs> Uh I, I really enjoyed what Ninja Mac did last year, and I think John Morrison maybe next year could kind of do something unique that no one else will see in Bloodsport 10. That will lead us into our next matchup of the evening as John Moxley. So glad to see him back. Oh my God, I see your note! <laughs>
1: I did, no, I go ahead. I know. So
0: Let's say it together. It's nice seeing, seeing Mox Mox in, in G-C-W. GCW. We do that better than our ending, our closing. We should start yeah, doing that more often. Yeah, up. well,
1: yeah, no, no, it's so much fun to fuck it up.
0: I swear to God, I was like, I was on the actual, the cage match when I was talking about it, and I said it, and then I clicked over to your notes. And I was like, oh, shit, that's the first note that he has.
1: Hey, man, again, we're on the same. I mean, they're showing us what we report, and we report what we see. So. Yeah, it was cool to cool saw.
0: Did did you catch the shirt that he wore?
1: No, talk to me about it.
0: Okay, I want to see if he came if it was. Okay, so it wasn't during the entrance. It was during the very first entrances when they came out. He was wearing a different
1: entrance music too.
0: He was wearing a ZZ yeah, different entrance music. He was wearing a CZW shirt. Good shit.
1: Well, hold on now. (laughs) That's interesting. Yeah, interesting. He was wearing a
0: ZZW shirt when he came out during the introductions, and I like, I, I right away those people I was with, I was like, did you see his shirt? Do you see what it was? Yeah. They're like, no. I was like, I saw a Z and it looked like the old CZW logo. And yeah. I thought that was interesting. I don't know if there's Dude, anything behind it or whatnot, but it was interesting. I don't know.
1: I won't go too far into it, but if CZW is on the West Coast, I actually have GCW buy up CZW and their tape library. And I would use CZW as the launching point. on the And that would be a two-headed monster. And then you bring CZW back as the ultra violence that it should be. And then you run it on the west coast, right up against XPW.
0: Okay, hold on. It might not be ZZW. It might be. Oh, I'm wrong. I, I actually take that back. It is a Japanese. It looks like the okay. the. What's his name? Oh my God! Anitas Company.
1: Okay. FMW. Uh, be, uh, FMW. Yeah, that's what oh, it is. Oh, yeah. I, I know what
0: you're. I was wrong. Uh,
1: unforgivable. <laughs> I know. And now no, I, gotta, I know. actually, I
0: got to go back and text my friends. Like, I was wrong about ZW, It's FMW. I see it now. It's, uh, yeah, it's a Japanese <laughs> writing and FMW. It looked like ZZW at first. That's what I was like,
1: whoa, what is going on there? That's okay. yeah, a hardcore fucking company. Did you ever or have you ever seen any of the old, like, of any of that shit? FMW? Know, like old Japanese, like, FMW no, at all. That, oh, so you never Nita saw. Dude, Just they had. Let me explain this. They had a floating wrestling ring. You know this, right? With the uh, bar- barracudas? No, they had a floating wrestling ring, and it was, I believe, exploding barbed wire. And then the water was. I think it was electrified or some shit. Oh, they shit. had to. They had to. They had to bring the people out on boats to fight on it. Oh wow! Dude, really? If I get if I get a clip, I'll show it to you. Yeah, like. Original Cactus Jack and Terry Funk shit. Oh wow! Like their best work in Japan is over there with FMW. Like some of their best stuff is over there.
0: Uh I, I do want to check out some stuff because I know they did some outrageous shit. I've heard about. Like I said, I've seen Onita clips. I think I saw like a they had like a barracuda, like uh, a, a tank full of barracudas, and like to win, you had to throw your opponent in there. And I think like yeah. one person got yeah, bit that's... and stuff like that. I was like, what is that? Yeah, what kind of shit, shit is
1: that? <laughs> Shit was wild. I would tell you that there were quite a few months of life taken off of Cactus Jack over there. Dude, they, it was bad. Um, reports of people having their skin melted to objects on accident. Um, all kinds of shit. that's just not good. Burnt hair, burnt skin. Um, I believe that's the place where they did the, the ring ropes on fire and it got out of control. And they had to roll uh, Sabu. Oh, uh, shit. no, Sabu got out and he didn't think his uncle did. And luckily he got out on the other side. But the whole thing caught fire. The ring caught fire. They had to stop the whole show. Dude, there's some fantastic oh, go shit that, that went down in Japan. Fantastic. I'm, I'm adding that to there's, my list. Yeah, Um. We'll, we'll not get into it now. But I will talk to you about it further later. There's some links out there. I'm sure I can send you.
0: So. <laughs> I don't John think Moxley. I said uh, who he was going against. I don't know real fast. John Moxley oh, is yeah. going against Alex, uh, Alex Coglin, And I was yes. excited. I was super excited to see Coglin back, especially going against Mox.
1: No lie. Uh, really surprised. It was only six and a half minutes. So there, yep. I'll give you guys the abbreviated review. Moxley and Coglin start off with flared tempers towards each other. It was very obvious. I really love that. They were aggressive with each other very early. At one point, Mox lost his cool and pushed Coglin out of the ring. Coglin pulled out Mox, and they both fought outside for a few moments. Coglin is fucking strong. I had to write that down. He had a nice ground into a front choke into a power slam. The slap fight was dumb. It looked like two guys slapping each other. Don't hate me here, but I'm just going to tell you what I saw. At one point, these guys were slapping each other like five-year-olds who didn't want to pull a punch, and it looked stupid. Sorry. That was a heel thing but that's just what it was the ending was a little awkward i think mox choked him out i actually had to go back and watch it a little bit to find out and if you listen to the announcers they were kind of confused as to how the match ended also uh b if you get a chance check that out it's really interesting but our winner in this one was john moxley so i'm gonna bring it up one time not even john moxley bled at blood sport he had just a little spot on his head where a little blood come down don't call it blood sport if there's no blood. It's like Taco Bell not selling tacos. I'm just saying blood sport used to be this underground, gritty kind of thing. And what we got was possibly the WWE version. And I'm okay. I feel okay going hard on that because I was sold Bloodsport. <clears throat> i didn't get it yeah i i didn't mind it and actually I don't don't hate me i know no, yeah, no. i'm throwing you for a loop a little but like i'm just being me and not being a heel i mean i'm looking at it as you brought john moxley in for six and a half minutes and honestly he's known for bleeding you bring him into blood sport and it's the only match in the last six years where he's not bleeding and Dude, I mean, bleeds on a handshake yeah I, as we said, like, I thought that
0: was the funny thing. Like, it's blood sport and Moxie's not bleeding. Like, what kind of shit is this? I, someone has to say
1: it. And I'm thinking of last year. Because it's being said. It's being said. It's just no one says it on a bigger (laughs) platform or they want to be heels. We try to stick to everything positive. I positively think this show would have been better with some blood. It might have looked like more of an actual fight.
0: And there was a lot of bloodshed in Moxie's match last year against Biff Music. Like, the biff was yeah. just dripping blood and uh i thought the same thing like i thought i i sent that uh the text to those guys i was like hey what kind of shit is this a blood sport and moxie's not bleeding but i think this was a once again another cool showcase for Coglin. um i he stepped up once again and mm-hmm. had a fun and showed his strength showed what he could do on the ground showed what he's kind of did in new japan which i love but also showed like what he could did not really get to showcase a new Japan, which was like the toughness um, with someone like Moxley. And I, I took a I wrote a note because I, I was just thinking about it when you were talking. It's kind of weird. Moxley was overshadowed. Like he was not an afterthought, mm-hmm. but he wasn't like if Mox is on a card. He's usually the top bill and most people I'm most excited for. You got a Bushi, Vikingo, like Moxie. Like I said, when I named all those names, so I I got to see. I don't even think I mentioned Moxley to those the group of people of all the cool names and the dynamic of how all did, these names.
1: How did that many get on that card, and Moxley didn't get on the main GCW card? I think that's where
0: they're staying. I think that might be where Tony kind of stepped I'm in. That's where I. That's where I was thinking maybe Tony stepped in. Was like, hey, you can do Bloodsport, but I probably the same thing though. Don't go. Don't go too crazy, Blood, because it's you're right. still. I'm letting you go to GCW. This is. I know this is a GCW product, but it's not the name attached to. Bloodsport, really. It's Josh Barnett's Bloodsport. So I'll let you kind of go there and kind of go back to where we said you wouldn't go again. I think this was kind of like a way to ease him back into the GCW pool. Maybe to see like how his kind of talent uh, would work. Because, I mean, he sent Eddie Kingston to work GCW. And I think that was a pretty crazy step as well. So it is weird that Moxie wasn't on an actual GCW spring break. And right. I just say, I, yeah, I, I just was thinking about that. He was overshadowed by a lot of these other names. And that's something that does not happen to Moxley quite often. And I just found that interesting.
1: I just feel fortunate that we're able to have names like that come in. I oh, yeah. overshadow.
0: Yes, that that that's just what makes another cool thing about GCW. Um, but I'm so glad for Cogdan to kind of get these matchups. I hope he does kind of catch on somewhere and works a little bit more. Cause he's uh he's impressive. I really do enjoy watching him uh wrestle against all these, against Jordan, against Moxie, against I loved his stuff that he was doing in New Japan as well. And that will lead us into our main event of the evening. As Timothy Thatcher goes against Josh Barnett, and I was I, if I remember, I could be wrong. I and I get Timothy Thatcher and Tom Lawler confused all the time. I, I just name wise, I know I, if you put them right in front of me, I know who's and who, right, but right. I'll call them the different names. But I, if I remember, I think Timothy Thatcher was an MMA fighter as well. I'm I'm not. I I think he wrestled and or fought in UFC. I, I'm gonna have to look that up while you're going over your review, but. I thought this was a cool MMA versus MMA. Like, this is if it wasn't going to be speedball Mm -hmm. versus Ibushi main event, I think this was a cool way to main event as you got two big guys that are really to put on a MMA kind of style matchup. And I'm Josh Barnett is still in incredible shape. And I'm, uh, it was nice to see Timothy Thatcher in a GCW ring. Even though it was Bloodsport, it was nice to kind of see him. uh, Outside, because I don't know how much work he's done outside of WWE lately. Um, have we seen him at GCW? Man, I'm my brains with all this wrestling. I'm gonna have to look that up too. I yeah. don't believe so. Okay, I don't believe so.
1: Uh, Before I forget, wait. I want to see more Coglin. Yes, GCW. I'm right I, there with I, you. I don't know if I said it or not, but I wanted to just make sure that that goes out there publicly. I'd love to see that motherfucker back quite a bit. He's got a good look to him. He's strong as fuck and. He has great in-ring ability.
0: Oh, uh, it was last year's blood sport. So he is a blood yeah. sport uh person. Okay. Uh oh it was the AEW match against Danielson when I just saw him recently. That's what it was. But I was nice I was glad to see him, especially in this kind of matchup against Barnett. I, I was actually excited once again. Like this kind of got me back into it. Like, like I said, I, I was riding a high after that Kota Bushy uh match where I'm like, I, I don't even care what's happening right now. I'm just enjoying it. But then this one mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this is two MMA guys. This might get dirty. This might get bloody as we were saying so um and this match yeah it did it but it did live up to the hype i think with how stiff the it shots did. they were and the great wrestling and jujitsu and strikes i and the, the ground and pound of this match was fucking awesome i love the ground and pound during this match
1: so to me i have thatcher looks more like a wrestler in a good way we had thatcher chance as he was coming out he's trained in mma and jujitsu barnett has 35 wins in mma He's already, you know, his, we already know who Barnett is just from the beginning. Both men shake hands to start. I did like seeing that. It was a lot of ground fighting and a lot of rolling, obviously, because we had MMA versus MMA here. There was a spot where Barnett and Thatcher was both rolling, and they ended up rolling to the outside towards the end of the match, and they struggled to get back in. Both barely beat the count. Thatcher ended up tapping out Barnett after a hard-fought struggle. I was good with this because thatcher looked more like he was in shape and a, a, a solid fighter in a main event and josh barnett's is still in good shape but he doesn't look as good as thatcher did i think that's the best way to put it um but i will say this is my spot to say it because it's going to be towards the end of the show but a lot of people shit on classic wrestling but what a lot of you are seeing in this show was classic wrestling And the people who appreciate it really did flock to this show, because if there's anything I saw in this match more than anything, it was a lot of fans in their seats leaning forward. When you have fans leaning forward in their seats, they're paying attention. And that was what was going on here. And it was obvious. And it wasn't like, oh, crowd reaction, this or that. They were really paying attention. They were clapping and cheering when they needed to. But it got quiet quick because everybody wanted to see what was going on. It was the investment level was higher than usual, I guess, would maybe be a way to put it.
0: It felt like watching a uh, Japanese MMA, like when the Pride, when they used to have like that, or like one of the, they used to have like exhibitions where it's like just two yes. exhibitions. That's what it felt like, especially in this match for me. I you said, I was one of those fans. You could see me on camera like, I, like when I was describing some of these at the beginning of the bloodsport, I'm like moving my head over, like seeing, OK, he has that angle. He could get that leg. Sl- slip that arm. Get, you got a little space there. Slip that arm. Like I really treated this and felt like it just I didn't treat it like that. I didn't go in thinking that's how I would be, I would be. I But I end up turning into like an MMA fan watching this and like was looking at the angles and trying. I, as you said, I was on the edge of my seat. Moving my head around, trying to peek up and see what was available to whoever I was rooting for to get out of the get out of bottom position or trip their way up to their standing feet off their back. like I was all into this and uh you said the classic wrestling I, this match, I felt like I was watching an old William Regal yeah. Finley with no strikes. like I felt like watching yeah. an old yeah. like like. The black and white TV or black and white screen watching old school wrestling where you just see them rolling around the ground—that's how I really felt during this match. And it's, as you said, I thought it was cool. I love variety. That's why I'm a GCW fan. And I think Bloodsport absolutely has a spot. And I think once a year is perfect. I don't think they should do any more. Bloodsport would not survive on its own if it was a weekly,
1: a monthly thing. It has to agree, be a hundred percent. Yeah, agree. At most twice a year, maybe, maybe. if there's like some special thing. And the only reason I would do twice a year would be for any storyline continuity to keep something going on in people's minds. Otherwise yearly, there's really no story that's going to happen. But you're right there. If people won't watch the flippy shit, they're not going to watch two people laying on the ground, rolling around. Yep. A lot of women who try to watch MMA lose interest when they see a match where it's eight minutes of just rolling on the ground. You know, they get pulled apart. They go right back to the ground and people are like, Oh, you know so yeah for national tv if you had a chance be you know had a choice between watching say bloodsport and watching say the average AEW show daniel bryan and you know, you'd probably want to watch the AEW show more mm-hmm. what you're saying is for the connoisseur for the real fan for the one who knows what the hell they're watching really wants to pay attention to it like for the real person who appreciates a good quote unquote like a wrestling stake That's what they were giving us here was that form of entertainment. And some people love it and some people don't. I'm really excited to maybe go watch this live. I'm kind of curious to see how it all plays out. Because, again, like from GA, I'm wondering how much they're seeing, but they're seeing over everyone's head and there's a lot going on there. So I don't know, man.
0: That's a great point you make up. I sat front row. So. I get to see everything. I was right there. Like I said, that's why I'm like, I'm right there. Ring level. I'm right there where they're rolling yeah, around. Yeah. So I'm able to move my head and look around and get good vision and angles. i was just thinking about it. As soon as you said GA, man, if I was standing in GA, I don't think I would enjoy this as much as I did front row. I do really think now, like where you sit or how you,
1: how you watch this
0: will affect for blood it. Sport.
1: Yeah, for Bloodsport. For Bloodsport only. For, bl- for Bloodsport. I, I believe so because the intricacies of the hand play – and you know the leg locks and the hand you know like i said the hand play i guess yeah that would be the best way to put it you don't see that unless you're up close or if you have good vision up to me ah, that's 20 a 25 feet that's
0: a great call yeah I, the honestly thing but i don't think i would enjoy it if i had to stand in ga i i and behind like let's say not even front row ga if i'm like four or five people in front of me i i don't think i'd and i wouldn't i don't think i'd enjoy it as much as i did that's a great yeah. call by you because yeah i like I, I said, it, I'm I'm moving my head. Like I felt like I was watching like someone I'm training with back in the day, fighting their you like fighting in the MMA and like yelling out coaching stuff, like get your arm in, tuck tuck the leg, tuck the leg, roll around. Like I yeah. that's how I felt this entire match, and I I think that's why, I think I enjoyed bloodsport. Uh, that in my opinion, this was the best. Uh, Best card, and I'm watching it back. I could see why maybe a lot of people did like it. And I'm not listening with sound right now. I'm watching it just the live guys we're reviewing. So I do want to go back and catch the sound and see how really it played off on on screen with the sound. Because right now without the sound, well, you know the ebushi chant, rough. yeah.
1: The Ibushi chant does not come across as one of the loudest chants in UCC. It, that's that problem that we oh, have yeah. with miking the crowd. The excitement doesn't transfer. I'm sure that's something that's being worked on. No lie, are you? Did you see my dog? I heard the dog, <laughs> yeah, hear. yeah. She was shaking her head, like doing the ear thing.
0: It's like it's, it's, it's late, we gotta go for a walk. Uh, just yeah. real fast, and like just a quick, I I loved it, but that, watching yeah. it back, I could see why maybe a lot of people didn't like it. I watched it, I, the atmosphere, I think, was what created it. And they said that the I, I'm not even joking, I really, if I could find it, I did catch some of the Bushy Champ, I don't know which part it was. I, I want to, I'm going to send you it to, to see, to show you how loud it was. And from my point yeah. of view, because yeah. I, it was deafening, like it was in, I, I was looking around like, Holy shit, this is incredible. Look at the love code is getting. And mm-hmm. he absolutely took it all in and accepted it. And that, yeah it's so great. Like I'm still stunned. That the match was only six minutes. That is mind blowing, right? Me, Cause I swear to God, I was lost in time. Time stood still for me. That might be like the only time ever in wrestling. I've been watching it where time stood still. Like I, that match felt like a classic 20 minute, incredible storytelling. And then six minutes, no way. There's no way it was six minutes.
1: I'm, I'm still really interested in the thought process behind not having any blood. My only thought is possibly they didn't want to fuck up the ring. Otherwise though, um. Don't man, I would blood. say that blood. blood blood sport, but I want
0: to <laughs> say they, they introduced a new Matt. I don't know if it was right after this show or the next show. They introduced a collective mat. I think it was the next day on Saturday no on yeah, friday there's,
1: there's a hole there's a hole or two in that la mat now
0: there's yeah it I've was taped up it. i say it was that the yeah. referees are constantly right before the matches were, we're hard on it. our mats and mlj hard was on our like mats. stepping on the tape trying to push it down i saw him doing that but it,
1: I, it is what it is
0: i have to say though in person Bloodsport absolutely was the best show of the weekend i'm so glad really Stay alive. live yeah I, it was my favorite one of the weekend i live and in person i don't think anything beat it um Watching it back now, I do feel a little differently. But live, I I still would say uh-huh. it was the, it was the best experience for the weekend wrestling or wrestling show wise. I I really enjoyed that one the best. And maybe it's because it's the first time I saw it live. Maybe the novelty will wear off the next time I see it. Maybe it was just because Coda versus Speedball and I got lost in time for twenty minutes and possible I, for six. It could be that, but. I just remembered, like I said, I felt so good after the Coda I was Like, I need a cigarette after this, man. This was incredible. Like, <laughs> I need to go get a beer. It was it was fun. And um, I'm just so glad, like I said, I, I think it does have its spot in GCW Collective Weekend. I would like to see it as you said, once for sure, maybe yeah. twice, as you said, to maybe get some new names only, on there.
1: Only for special only for specialty or maybe if there's some story continuity. Or maybe you have so many stars that you can't deny it, and you have to put on a show for the money.
0: And maybe stat padding for records, like obviously, like ten and zero looks better yep. than two and yep. zero and two and two. Like, um, yeah, I think yeah. that's, an, I, that's another point. thing I've always enjoyed is the records. And I, I think they used to talk about maybe because I didn't hear it. Do they say like what style of wrestling each wrestler like? What was some off okay. and on?
1: like I didn't mention music off and on, and I didn't mention mar- martial art style off and on. I only got what i could okay so some people they mentioned some people they didn't
0: okay Cause i remember yo-yo like when he came out last year it was like the shooter weight it's <laughs> like yeah. wait shooter weight what's that and then i had I actually looked it up and i was like oh okay that makes sense that's like actually a style of wrestling um i, I might be hmm. i might be saying it wrong not shooter weight but it was shooter something and uh I, the shoot kind of wrestling shoot style yeah exactly it was something like that but i think it wasn't that specific one I think they did call him like a shooter weight or something because he is kind of uh, lightweight, and but he's a legit like shoot wrestler. Um, yeah. And I like how it gives, like you said, it gave Marina the platform to fucking kill. It, it gives Kratos, gives people like Coglin against going against Moxley, showing showing how well Coglin could wrestle in, in this situation, and it gives like uh, Eric Hammer, like it. I just think it has its place in wrestling, just not as a full time promotion running weekly monthly or anything like that i just think it has a cool unique experience and i yeah. I, I enjoyed it i like i said uh, at the moment uh, at watching the shows all after all 10 i said i laid out my top three it was Bloodsport, joey janela's uh spring break and i kind of have a tie and this is going to sound bad ddt versus gcw and emo fight i enjoyed the emo fight and the crowd and the songs and stuff like that, your dog's like, please, can we end this podcast so we could go? Back? Yeah, right. It's like <laughs> my on, dog's doing yeah, the same I'm thing hungry. out there. Probably. I got to go walk him.
1: Yeah, overall, um, first two shows, I think. Go ahead, sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, I think blood sport is a fantastic idea. It has all the, it has all the feelings of a new idea. I think there's great execution in the idea. I think it's 80% of where it could be. And I think they're on the right path to going further. I really do feel that if you're going to call Bloodsport, please put the blood oh. back in. And with MMA, MMA is blood all, all over the place half the time. So if you're going to do fake MMA, at least try to make it look real. And the blood does help with that.
0: And I think what there was is like most of the time it's blood. Like I think blood Bloodsport, like they don't blade either. Like I think legit last year was Moxley slicing Biff with the elbow or yeah. something like that. So yeah. I think it legit has to happen shoot wise. But I think that... I- I thought a real reason I think we didn't see any blood was because the striking. There was a lack of striking in this one. I'm not hating. Well, there on was it.
1: because, no, I'm just saying yeah. that of all the matches that were going on out there, not one of them after Bloodsport came up with a bruised face.
0: Yeah, I really wish they could kind of them. do some more striking. Take Tankman kind of started off in Hammer, but for the most part, it was grappling. And I don't mind it. I don't hate it. Like, but maybe next year, as you said, kind of like and I said this at the beginning when we were going to going over it did feel like a lot of these matches did feel sim- similar with the struggle on the ground and and but it was every single match I would I want to see like a bloodsport just like straight kickboxing like I feel
1: like I feel like, I feel like the bloodsport there was a uh there was a decision that was possibly made after some thinking and this was the decision that was made
0: yeah I I I enjoyed it though overall I I uh I want to go back and watch it now with the sound and I will be once we get caught up with the podcast and I got time to watch my own shit and it sounds like I'm not going to be watching Raw Smackdown no more on a weekly basis so I got free time to catch <laughs> up on more independent wrestling and GCW shit.
1: We're going to learn a lot more about WWE I think in the next Yeah, week. I think Friday's no, the big more. one Keep the faith just like you always do I think Friday's we'll the big But I heard there might be mutiny in the locker room Oh, WWE. I, There's a lot of pissed off people. I don't blame Established him. stars. I guess Bailey she's good she's not in a good spot she said bye yeah good for her on twitter she's like i really hope a lot like, more people
0: do it. like the whole women's division seemed upset i saw like someone posted a tweet about like charlotte fair complaining about not main event and ronda rousey complaining about 2 minutes bailey complaining that you're letting this person back in after everything that's been happening over the last six months without him. Incredible. Mm-hmm. You show up for 24 hours. And look what you've done to the whole product. Yeah. You made yourself billions of dollars, but you lost a shitload of fans and a shitload of loyalty from these wrestlers as well. So I, I do think Friday is going to be wow. a big thing as well.
1: So going back I've
0: to GC. oh am sorry.
1: Go no, ahead. I've just, no, I'll, I'll touch it just for one minute here. I don't know if I've ever seen a sh- very many shitty raws after. Usually that's I, when yeah. the international fans are there. That's when the crowd is fucking loud. It's like a soccer crowd. And this shit, man, there is not anyone that likes it at all. And
0: they were booing. Like, I know at the end, uh, someone posted a video, like a WWE digital exclusive, um, like Cody walking up to the ramp. Like, I didn't see any of that match. So I, I know he got like jumped by Brock Lesnar or whatnot, but I could, they were booing. As Cody was walking up, they were booing. And now uh, it could be two ways. I could see them booing. Not Cody, but Booing. Like, what the fuck did I just watch? And why did you. Build I think us? they were Booing the story. I think, yeah. They're, they're like, though, why did you get our. Like, you killed us twice with Sammy and Cody. Like, you've lost you've lost a lot of fans that way. And I can see them Booing that decision, Booing that Vince is back, Booing that was a shit raw. But I see a lot of people saying, like, oh, they're, like, they're Booing Cody. I'm like, I don't think this is the case. It's not the same no, as AEW. It
1: seems like people are pissed off because that would have been the perfect time for Cody to win. Yeah. Um, I think the fans were just pissed off at the end of the show. I know. What did they get? Could you imagine sitting in that seat for three, four hours and going, the fuck did we just get? Imagine being one of those front row people that pay all that money just to get front row for that. And you're just like the people
0: that go oh. to that Raw are the ones that didn't go to any of the WrestleMania. So they settle
1: for the next best thing and... And usually there's like someone comes out. Yeah. No, and none of that
0: shit happened. Nothing. Like I, I guess what I, I heard it was, uh, it was a uh, pretty bad in my opinion, but like I said, I'm kind of not too bad about it as I probably normally would, because it literally opens up my Mondays and Fridays now to catch up on more GCW or more independent wrestling, just in general and see all the cool stuff. Okay. So here I just pulled it up real fast. You're that You got a three hour show, mm-hmm. 10,
1: 12, 20, 31 minutes. 29 minutes yeah roughly yeah 29 minutes roughly of wrestling. yeah jesus yeah. christ yeah that's that's what it was yeah. in 3 hours and you figure 25 minutes of that 3 hours or more was commercials
0: i'm going to now use that mondays and fridays to catch up on old blood sport and catch up on santino wrestling <laughs> there we go that's an idea but uh gcw great way to start off uh the collective with dc shows these were the first two shows i don't think we're going to stay in order of uh shows and and how they kind of chronologically happened throughout the weekend like it's uh like we were saying we're kind of picking our top like we picked top five cards that we really wanted to review and they mostly were gcw heavy wrestlers while still acknowledging and giving love and support to everyone else that performed that weekend and doing the quick little mini reviews as we did with Santino. So they're not going to be in chronological order per se, but um, we're going to do our best to kind of work around that as best we can. But it just kind of so happened. This one was <laughs> the two shows that we wanted to cover Bloodsport and yeah. uh, Santino brothers. But I, at that's at this moment my own personal self and enjoyment watching the shows, I was on Cloud9 after Bloodsport. I could not wait for the next show. Um, holy shit, what was the next show? It's off the top of my head now. Um, uh, DDT,
1: Pro Wrestling? Uh, yep,
0: DDT, was Pro after, Wrestling, and I had no idea what to expect there. For the there. culture. And for the culture at night, I was really looking forward to Okay, real fast, that's what no, I did take. So fucking awesome seeing Mayan Reed. I know it's for the culture stuff, but yeah, I'm so okay. glad to see him. But the whole thing with the AEW and how we love Tankman – swerve strickland had brought in his uh, mogul affiliates and those two fucking flopped and they're gone i think off of tv and i know he's talking about bringing in new people two names i would love to see him bring in i think it would fit in perfect yep. myron yeah, reed man. and calvin tankman that would be an immediate upgrade toward the other two that he had and i i would love to see it. I, i'm just so glad to see Myron Reed back in uh like just outside and in GCW because I really do like him. And I will be shouting his praises on the For the Culture show because that was actually a really fun show too. I actually, I think action-wise, in-ring action-wise, that might be the best card of the weekend,
1: in-ring action, in my opinion. So what do, you, what do you think we should do next then? Because we're kind of talking about it in the hardcore listening. One of my thoughts are we do For the Culture and Jimmy Lloyd's Degeneration F next, but that's two full shows, I'm guessing, right? Um. yeah full shows i
0: know i was kind of i'm high up on the emo fight but now once you said it with the whole music and stuff like that it might take away the time to make it a full one like how we were saying so yeah i'm all down for uh let's see so after that we have ddt
1: and what do we say for the culture so yeah i'm just going like in sequential order i'm looking at what should be eliminated what should be talked about what do you think
0: i think we should leave it as a surprise for the viewers or for the listeners and we will uh okay kind of come up on our own
1: i, I yeah. like that okay yeah we'll talk and, about it yeah. and figure it out that's a good idea
0: because I, th- I think um, we might have to make a little adjustment to what we originally said because I, I agree with you now i think that g generation f had more gcw talent than i mean emo fight did too i'd really enjoy that one <laughs> but maybe we could put those two together as one and, sure no. yeah we'll figure it out the generation
1: was, was pretty good yeah for the culture i have to still sit down and watch I'm not I, lying. It wasn't really that good, huh? I enjoyed the in ring. Yeah. And the crowd, okay, like, okay. the crowd was a
0: little bit smaller, but not really filled up near the end. Um, okay. I, yeah, it was one of the sleeper shows for sure of the weekend. I, I wasn't going into it excited. Like I know a lot of people kept on saying to sleeper. That's why I said sleeper. I don't know. I did have expectations going into it and they exceeded mm. it as well. So, oops, sorry, I don't want to call it a, a sleeper of a show because I did have expectations and I wasn't sleeping on it and it definitely delivered.
1: Yeah, I uh, I'm kind of interested now into what's going to be next. Hmm. Hmm. Well, figure. Well, we'll I leave guess the we'll, yeah a mystery mystery episode next time. You'll know you'll know soon enough. Trust me. I like to I like to run my mouth <laughs> on Twitter tell everybody what's going on.
0: So. But great start to the collective. I at this point literally in person I was just enjoying everything. It was awesome. I was uh, two for two on shows for me. Like I said, Santino Brothers exceeded my expectations and i i'm actually interested to see where this these storylines go with like delilah doom dkc and cameron gates and all that stuff and it was nice to see some names that vannegrift that we see all the time and tito uh i want to go check out some more of their the santino st- shows because we have a lot of talent that we enjoy on their show and after that one i and i like how they ran it i i emotionally invested into some of these stories that i wasn't even before and as a fan that's a good feeling to have because now like i said yeah i'm going to go check them out and i definitely will what was your thoughts on those two shows real fast
1: okay the santino show was better than expected generally with local shows you have very little expectations you wonder what kind of talent's going to come in because with santino and some of these smaller places they also have wrestling schools. So when you have that, sometimes you're going to have students on the show. So you know, when you're bouncing a signal across the world, generally you're not going to have that. So it looks like they didn't have hardly any students on the show whatsoever. Better, like I said, better than expected. Bloodsport, I was really taken back by the lack of blood in Bloodsport. No lie. I don't know what to say about that portion of it. The rest of it, for what it is... I'll stick to my original statement. I think it's a fantastic idea, and it needs to have some polishing. I would say the same thing about the UFC when it first started. I would say it's a fantastic idea, and it just needs polishing. And it and did. I think And that's what. They, they blew up once they did all that stuff. You're right. Yeah, I, I see. I see a complete idea with some incomplete execution, and it's only going to take a matter of time. I don't fault anyone for it. I think the amount of growth that Bloodsport needs. Uh, is the growth that can only be found by doing it over and over and going, okay, this worked, this did not work. Also, it wouldn't be maybe against GCW to ask the fans what they thought about Bloodsport, um, what they would like to see improved about it, what they didn't like about it. And see, that's where I'm like, uh, I know we're extending this longer, but I think
0: that's where Brett doesn't, I don't think Brett has too much involvement in Bloodsport. I think he just literally provides a platform, if I remember hearing correctly, on like, it's Josh Barnett's baby, and but him and it Brett, is, yeah, have a good relationship. I, I'm pretty, and I don't like, I know Brett was behind the computer, uh, throughout the whole day, uh, whole collective, but I'm trying to think like during this show, he probably was still helping out production and stuff like that. But I honestly, booking wise, I don't, I could see this just being Jarnet Barnett's baby, but Brett putting it on his platform because he knows it, it is successful and. Barnett knows the only way you're going to get this many eyes on it is to keep it with GCW. And I'm going back, and it doesn't even say GCW, Josh Barnett's Bloodsport. It just says Josh Barnett's Bloodsport 9. So that's what kind of makes me think uh, that Brett doesn't really have too much to do. And I'm I'm fine with that because Josh, like, this was 9, and I've enjoyed every one of them so far. There was one, and that was called the COVID one. I didn't really like because there was no fans. But um, other than that, I think Bloodsport's been a hit in my opinion. All right, let's send them out of here, like how we did earlier with saying uh, the <laughs> same note. We got the Sure, let's I give know that we that <laughs> Uh Yeah, I think we said what we needed to say. Thank you all again. Like, I guess that's one thing too. We got a lot of praises too. I, um, online and um, with the like, I, I know we got a lot a of nice of fr-
1: motherfuckers. period. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and we got a, and we got a couple new fans there. I kind of spread the word. Uh, While I was at the collective about the podcast, I did see a kind of a little boost in numbers, not a lot, especially during a downtime when we didn't record for those days. We kind of kind of kept a same path and same numbers as we would if we just released an episode, which was nice to see as well.
1: Yes, but yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, people people are sticking into here and that's that's really nice.
0: Yes. And thank you all, though. That I did send out some nice uh, words on Twitter and uh and keep on listening. It's been fun, and this is going to be a fun two weeks catching up before GCW gets back on their hectic schedule. Well,
1: right, I Alex. already have, but, I was going to say, I already have one review written, and I'll be basically ready to plug another in. I'd probably be ready to go again tomorrow or the next day. Easy. So we'll, we'll talk about it. I It jumped in my head <laughs> as you're closing. I'm like, yeah, it's getting late, so now my thoughts are going in 100 different directions.
0: All right. Let's start right,
1: here then with the late
0: owls here. Okay, let's do it. You ready? Yeah. Long God damn it.
1: I didn't start it. What, did I you just... freeze Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a fucking possum. Oh, shit. A long long dub <laughs> dub. G-C-W. See you later, boys and girls.